Adult content intended for an adult audience only as this contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. The content of this story is purely fiction and not intended for anything but the enjoyment of the listener. If you do not agree with the themes listed in the tags, please do not listen to the story. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link in the comments to further support this author. This podcast is part of the Erotica Podcast Network. Support us on Patreon to make requests for subjects you would love to hear. Thank you to those who have already reached out. Hollow Pleasure Part 2 by Jackal 54641 Chapter 04 2B. Kate Galloway didn't sleep especially well. Her stomach felt like it was in knots, just rolling over and over with nervous anxiety for the coming day. She had, what she sometimes called, paranoia dreams. Her mind didn't make much sense of the images and sounds that she heard, but she found herself tossing and turning in a perpetual state of half-dash wakefulness that I in the early morning hours, sleep finally caught and held. But that was when the dream began. Maybe it was the change in environment that triggered the memories. Or maybe it was the semi-military career that she was now participating in. Or even just the nerves from the job change, of which she had many. She found herself in a place she knew, and it chilled her. The sounds struck her first. The empty electronic bells and jingles from thousands upon thousands of slot machines. Some played tunes, some talked, and some just blared out senseless noise. The one beside her played a tune she had heard a million times before, but had forgotten until this moment, when her brain called forth the memory from a deep dark corner one filled with cobwebs and moss. When she heard the melody she knew instantly where she was. Oh no! She whispered to herself, red carpet in a molten lava pattern. A winding maze of flashing lights made up the jungle of slot machines. The glowing colors of the bars spaced evenly throughout the floor. A green velvet arrangement of table games. She took in all of the sights, and she would later find it odd how correct everything was. Galloway often had dreams where she was in her childhood house. Only the house didn't look at all like the real home. Her mind just established. This is it. And she accepted it in her sleep. But tonight, this was the casino. In memory and reality, she spun in a circle, her heart pounding in her ears. She knew the place well, but one thing that she didn't recognize was the odd lack of people. The casino had been open 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, year-round. There were always people. But tonight the place was oddly empty, so much so that it frightened her. And that was what began to needle at her, building a steady knot of dread in her stomach. Something bad was coming. Galloway glanced down at herself and gasped. She was in her old security guard uniform. She recognized the boots that she hadn't worn for years, and the bright shiny badge gleamed in the flashing lights, pinned onto a hideous robin's egg blue faux police shirt. Galloway immediately wanted to take off the shirt, to discard the uniform, but then she heard it and stopped. The echo of screams from the cashier's cage, phantom voices voices from the past. Then the deep rumble of explosions as the cage doors were blown from their hinges. The crisp pops of gunfire followed. Men spilled out through the doorway. Four silhouettes like harbingers of death. Until the day she'd die, she would never forget any of it. Galloway started to run. She wasn't sure where, but she needed to get away. The slot machine maze was endless, and the phantom screams drowned out her pounding heart. She still couldn't see any people, though she could hear them. Right now, it was just her, and the four robbers. She opened her mouth to scream out for her co-workers, but no sound came. Quinn? Where was Quinn? 
In a distant corner of her memory, she remembered that he had run with her. But tonight she was completely alone. The gunshots grew louder. She was aware that she was being chased, and like all dreams, her run turned to slow motion. Her legs were leaden. She couldn't move, and that was when she was grabbed. A pale gaunt man with a bald head, prison tattoos, and razor-sharp teeth had snared her by the ponytail. One of the robbers. His eyes gleamed with a demonic glow. She struggled, but his grip was strong. Other men were on either side of him now. Three others. Their features came into focus. One of the robbers was wearing a security uniform. Officer Jones. He'd sold them out for easy cash. Sure, it'll all be over in a second. Said prison tattoos, his voice was a hiss. Galloway saw the gleam of a sharp wicked blade. She braced. This was the point that Jones had punched prison tattoos in the face, allowing Galloway to escape. Not her. Jones had said to prison tattoos he liked Galloway, but this time, that moment never came. This time, things played out differently. The knife came to rest against the top button of Galloway's uniform. He sliced it off with a quick flick of his wrist. Galloway cast a questioning glance to the robbers. They were all leering at her beneath their ski masks. Even Jones. Oh no. Another flick of the wrist, and the next button popped free. Another, and her breasts were exposed, straining the tight confines of her bra. Her chest was rising and falling in deep gasping breaths. The blade continued until the entire front of her shirt had been sliced open. Her terrified breathing making her chest swell. Her belly bare. Then prison tattoos slashed away the straps of her bra with expert precision. One of the men grabbed her bra and yanked it away, revealing her plump round breasts to the group. They pushed her back onto one of the green felt blackjack tables. No. She whined softly in her sleep. A as they shredded her uniform from her body, Galloway felt on display. Not just to this group of bad men, but suddenly the casino was filled to the brim of gamblers, and employees, customers, and drunks. They had come out of nowhere to witness her exposure and humiliation. They all gathered around, watching as the robbers stripped her clothes from her body in an animalistic frenzy. She struggled, but the more she felt their eyes on her fit, toned body, the more she fought a chill. Her body shivered and trembled. There was a growing warmth deep down. She became aware that this attack was somehow turning her on. Why? Look at that slut. One of the customers gasped, casting judging eyes on her body. Damn, she's got some great A tits, someone else said. A robber reached out and grasped one of her puffy pink nipples, pinching it between his thumb and forefinger. Galloway arched her back and let out a whimper that turned into a moan. What a whore! She loves it, he declared. While on duty, customers said, shaking their heads. She fought to sit up and see what they were doing, but they held her fast. The feeling of being pinned only made her more wet. She had always been a woman who was in control. To become overwhelmed was a completely new sensation. Galloway moaned and squirmed, even as two of the robbers leaned forward, and took her breasts in each mouth. They began to suck hungrily. Prison tattoos continued to disrobe her, mindful to leave her boots and duty belt in place, to remind her of her job and obligations that she was now shirking. She kicked at him, but her efforts were feeble, maybe her heart wasn't in it. Stop! Galloway moaned softly, but that only seemed to make them more hungry. The two who suckled at her chest pulled more aggressively, slurping and licking. See that, boys? Prison tattoos declared. This pig fucking loves it. Don't you, piggy? Galloway shut her eyes. She'd always looked up to police and authority figures her whole life. To even hear them call her that was like blasphemy to her ears, 
but when they said it, she felt her nipples harden. It was actually turning her on. She was moaning excitedly now, as prison tattoos ran his hard rough hands over her wet pussy lips. Her head lolling from side to side, looking to the massive crowd of people who were gathering around to witness her defilement. Let's give this pig something to gobble up, prison tattoos declared. Suddenly an enormous black cock appeared in front of her face. Galloway didn't need to glance up to know it was Officer Jones' rock-hard member. The biggest she'd ever seen. Galloway didn't question her actions further. She didn't even hesitate. She liked it and she knew it. She opened her mouth wide and slid her tongue in a slow sensual circle around the bulbous head. She was rewarded when a drop of precum seeped out and she flicked it lightly into her mouth with a fast tongue movement. Then she leaned over and stuffed her mouth full of Joan's cock. Suck it, you slut. Joan's deep voice was ordering her. Not that it was necessary. Galloway eagerly sucked at his cock, as the accomplices worked on her tits. They were going to gang-rape her here on this gaming table in front of the whole casino. But was it really gang-rape? Galloway was shamefully more aroused than she'd ever been. And shameful was an understatement. These men had stormed into her workplace, shot and killed people including her friends. They'd put a bullet in her shoulder, and now they were stripping her on a gaming table and forcing her into a sex act. What the hell was wrong with her that she was pleasuring them? That she was turned on by the despicable act? She was betraying more than just her friends and the victims of these monsters. She was betraying herself. It flew in the face of everything she believed, yet she was wetter than ever. She knew she would perform the sluttiest acts imaginable for them, because she couldn't stop herself. I am a slut. She cried out in a lusty voice, not her own, before sucking Joan's cock straight to the back of her throat. The men were biting her nipples, and it was making her squeal in pleasure. She was gasping, leaning over on her side, to better bob her head on her tormentor's manhood. Then she felt her legs pulled apart. She glanced down in time to see prison tattoos fully naked now. He was wagging a cock the size of a baseball bat at her, the mushroom-like head pointing straight toward what he was about to claim as his own her body. Her pussy lips were glistening with excitement. Among the crowd, she heard gasps as the man's monster cock was fully revealed. And somehow, impossibly, Galloway noticed that the robber's legs weren't human legs. They were the legs of a goat like the devil, himself, was about to fuck her. She couldn't stop herself. She opened her legs, willing to accept it. She needed it. She needed it badly. Fuck me. She found herself begging. Fuck me hard. Her body was tingling all over. Her pussy felt like it was on the verge of orgasm, though he hadn't yet touched her. She knew the second that he put it in her, she would come. There was no way she could stop herself. Take me, she pleaded, even as the devil man grabbed her by the thighs and thrust himself into her body. The pleasure was so intense, Galloway could only see a blinding light. She screamed as she felt her body ready to go off. She was going to orgasm right here on the blackjack table in front of thousands. Yes. She started to cry out. Despite her every effort to not enjoy this, there was no denying it. She was going to climax. And it promised to be a powerful one. Oh God! Her back arched. Her moan was loud. Suddenly the shrill blaring of an alarm cut through the pleasure, and it all began to fade. The orgasm that she had building up was retreating like a vampire from the sunrise. Galloway returned to the surface of sleep, finding herself alone in her bedroom, struggling to catch her breath staring dumbfounded and disoriented at the flashing clock beside her bed. She whimpered for so many reasons. She was utterly exhausted. She hadn't gotten nearly enough sleep last night, 
and her muscles were more sore than they'd ever been from training. And when she put her hands between her legs, her fingers came away damp. Even the act of touching sent waves of pleasure through her body from the orgasm that she'd been denied. Fuck my life, she said, aware of how badly she wanted to lay back and get some real rest, probably after finishing off the orgasm that she'd been cheated out of. Her cheeks reddened as she recalled the dream. It was especially fucked up. The idea of being gang-raped in public by the monsters who'd caused so much hurt and destruction. Why had it turned her on so much? It wasn't at all like her to sexualize scumbags like that. Still, there was no denying that it had turned her on considerably all loss of power and control, of humiliation and degrading herself and her badge to the public, of the taboo of rewarding those who broke the law by granting them access to her body and the pleasure she could bring them. Her mind lingered on it for a moment longer, before she shook those thoughts aside. A dream and nothing more. Regardless, the sun was coming up. It took a lot of mental strength, but she eventually got up, showered, dressed, and packed her gear. She didn't dare consider leaving the house without a coffee today. She really didn't want to go to this job. It was so beyond her realm of knowledge that she was horribly worried she was making a life-altering mistake. This was such unfamiliar territory that she was terrified she'd journey miles down a path, only to realize it wasn't at all where she wanted to be, and she would be too deep in the woods to easily find her way onto another path. She contemplated how familiar it would be to go back to her old job as a bartender. There was a degree of comfort to that. And better yet was the thought of crawling back into bed and rubbing away all these feelings and emotions with the orgasm that she desperately needed. Instead, she pulled open the door to her apartment and found a note taped up, written on lined notebook paper. She unfolded it and saw the scribbled mess of handwriting that could only be from the shy nervous boy from across the hall that she'd befriended. Dear Kate Galloway, it was nice meeting you and hanging out. Thank you again for dinner and for letting me hang out until my mom got home. I'm sorry that you feel nervous about your new job. Don't be. You have a really cool job. But in case you are, this might cheer you up. My mom used to tell me whenever I didn't want to go to school, just do what you have to do to make it fun, no matter what. The day will go faster and before you know it, you'll be going home. I hope that helps. Ethan, aka 2A. Galloway smiled and went to work. 3A Robert Bradford slept very little, and had awakened in the early morning hours even despite the midnight rendezvous with the hot little mom who lived in the apartment below. He was thrilled in a way that energized him. He was like a little kid attempting to sleep on Christmas Eve. There was just too much excitement, too much potential. His mind couldn't stop concocting wicked scenarios fabricating the filthiest fantasies imaginable for his sexy neighbors that he felt powerful the building was his. It was his kingdom, his playground. And all of the tenants, they were his playthings that he made himself a coffee and sat in his turret office, spinning slowly in his desk chair and contemplating the maps of his apartment building, as well as notes on each of his neighbors. He knew he'd started compiling them for a reason. Initially he thought he was using them as inspiration for characters in upcoming novels. But now they were the characters in his diabolical fantasies. And the thing about characters in any story they have motivations, things that drive them. How delicious it would be to orient his debauchery around what made each of them so special. He set to work with post-its and scribbled notes. Meg Richards, 2A, was a good, dedicated mom. But what if she wasn't? What if her sexual needs began to cross wires with her focus on being a mom? Rob grinned. He liked that. Her son, Ethan, the unfortunate teenager with the tiny Tim-like crutches. Rob didn't know much about him. But that didn't matter. He gave it some thought. 
If his plans were to work, it would only be fun if he could observe, unnoticed. That brought him to his next tenant, Kelsey Parker 3B. His Kelsey. He decided against giving her a theme. Pure and simple, she was his. That's how he wanted her. But she could also be of use for more than just sex. Rob turned to his computer array and began to type out a narrative for the day. Really, it was more of a honeydew list for Kelsey. Today, she would skip work in order to run some errands for him. He needed tools and electronics, in particular, cameras and microphones. If he was going to expand his harem, he needed better ways to monitor the building. Part of him felt bad using her for chores, but how was that any different from sex? He'd be sure to reward her later. Then there was the cop in 2B Kate Galloway. He added her to the big board and stared at her name for a long time, tapping his pen against his cheek. She worried him, though he wasn't able to say why. Maybe it was her profession. While he had no doubts at this point that she'd act out whatever sick fantasies he could dream up, it probably wouldn't be wise to dive straight in. A cop had to have cop buddies people outside of the walls of this place. And if she suspected anything was happening to her, the fallout might extend beyond Rob's ability to contain it. No. With her, he needed to work carefully, plant the seed, maybe give her a new, fetish, to explore. Put some needling little idea in her head that might arouse her. But he'd do it in a way where she wouldn't suspect any external forces at play. He needed her convinced that her own perverse mind had created this, and nothing else. Dreams. That was how Rob decided to strike. While he didn't know Galloway's past, he kept it vague typing up an open-ended narrative on his magical mind-control computer something where her mind could fill in the personal details with her own memories. He drafted up a fantasy a reoccurring dream that suddenly went off the rails and aroused her in ways that she never imagined she could be something embarrassing that would compromise her morals and shock her conscience. Although Rob never thought of himself as a criminal and didn't like to, even now, he was aware that the women he was fucking weren't exactly of sound consenting mind. They were under a spell that he triggered with the simple act of typing. What better way to deal with someone on the right side of the law than to give them a guilty fetish for those on the wrong side of the law? Galloway would start to enjoy the idea of degrading herself for the pleasure of men who she viewed as monsters, as scum, as despicable. Especially an alpha who is always in control, the thought of having no control will become her new trigger. If she could be conditioned to accept these types of men as her sexual turn-ons, she'd ultimately see Rob as a source of pleasure instead of torment. Rob liked that. It was poetic. When he was finished with his draft, he hit enter. It was a shot in the dark. He had no idea what she'd dream about, and desperately wished he could know. He imagined her one floor down, writhing and gasping in her bed, fighting her way through the nightmare that he just sent her way, and finding a guilty pleasure from it. She'd wake up, sweaty and aroused, wondering why the hell she was so worked up. Sweet dreams, he whispered. Wahaha. He rubbed his hands together and did his best evil villain laugh. He shivered, nerves combined with excitement. He was giddy. He returned his focus to the big board of names. That left the first floor. The college girls Tina, Lucy, and the third, who he had yet to meet. Tina was an easy one grades. Classic status fixation. He could make that angel fall from grace in fun ways. Then there was Lucy, so innocent, with her glasses and freckles and virginal demeanor. Maybe he could weaponize her. Nobody would ever suspect a girl like her of any wrongdoing. But before Rob could make up his mind about the college girls, he needed more information. He needed to know what the third one was like. He'd only encountered her in passing slender with the straight dark hair and the squeaky voice. 
He would have Tina and Lucy do some undercover work and report back to him with information on their roommate. That was their assignment for today. Maybe if they were talented enough, he could have them seduce their way into an armored car or a bank vault. Wouldn't that be something? Like Charlie, with three attractive slutty angels. He giggled. One step at a time. There was also the couple in apartment 1B. Hmm. What did he know about them? Rob had a few interactions with them, but had learned a lot of face value information. Chris and Tara Jane T.J. Berger. They were young, having only met in college. This was their first apartment together. They hadn't been married long. In fact, their ceremony had been this past spring, less than half a year ago. They didn't have much money, so they held the ceremony in the backyard of the apartment. She'd done most of the decorating, and a photographer had been able to borrow the balcony in 2B from the previous tenant. Rob had caught some of the wedding in passing. They seemed to be slightly quirky. TJ's wedding dress had bright yellow ribbons that had reminded Rob of a mixture of wedding dress and cute sundress, and she'd worn a sunflower in her hair. Chris had worn a vest and fedora with a matching flower and ribbon. Chris Berger did something with computers IT or programming. Rob couldn't remember. And TJ was an elementary teacher. That made sense. She usually dressed for work in bright colors or cutesy sundresses. There was always some personal touches of flower in her hair, a cartoon character on her socks, or sparkles on her leggings. For St. Patty's Day, she wore a conservative black skirt and sweater, but had glittery shamrock stickers on her cheeks, green glitter on her stockings, and shamrock head boppers that made her look like a Martian. She wasn't a bad-looking woman, but wasn't a knockout either. TJ was athletic and tan having logged a lot of time outdoors. Rob would often see her watering plants and flowers and hanging baskets on her side of the front porch. She had wavy, dirty blonde hair that flowed where it wanted to, and relaxed eyes, full lips, and an easy smile. Her breasts were on the smaller side, but they were full pleasant curves instead of protruding. And her ass and legs shaped themselves naturally with how much time she spent outside and being active. There was a free spirit, almost hippie-like quality about her. Her voice was soft and soothing like she was trying to calm a snarling dog, and her manner naturally relaxed, as though she had always just come from a massage. He initially thought she was faking it for her own sake trying to put on a facade of being the dutiful wife. After observing the couple for a while, she really was a naturally mellow person. There was something about her face, hair, and voice that reminded him of porn star Julia Ann. Her husband Chris was definitely the luckier of the two. Chris was tall and skinny, maybe even more so than Rob. He had black curly hair, big glasses, and a nervous energy about him. Rob could relate to that, he guessed. Like Julia and T.J. Berger might be easy to overlook especially when her apartment was filled with other attractive women, but Chris had landed a wife who was pretty, active, fun, and goofy, while Rob was alone. Thinking about her now, Rob began to feel a stirring in his loins. He would definitely be more than willing to fuck T.J. But what could possibly make betting T.J. more thrilling than cute Kelsey? or Busta Lucy, or Wild Tina. 1B, Rob said thoughtfully, heading for the coffee maker to refresh his cup. 1B, 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 he muttered out loud. He returned to his desk and sat down with a sigh. The sun was beginning to rise, casting golden rays across the lawn, and lighting up the changing fall leaves. The building was also waking up. He stared out the window to watch the tenants wake up and leave for their various jobs. There was good mother Maggie leaving for work, in her professional attire, looking like a secretary or assistant, and walking like nothing had happened at all last night. A short time later, 
a rugged Jeep Wrangler parked out front and idled. Kate Galloway emerged in torn jeans and a sweat vest. Her ponytail bobbed and her cap was pulled low probably to hide the shame on her face after that dream she'd had. She tossed her gear into the Jeep and was gone. The college girls all left together probably carpooling to class. No doubt, asking their third roommate more about herself, to report back to Rob later. His little spies when Kelsey also left, he giggled like an evil genius. Not work-related. She was going on a little shopping trip. Finally came TJ and Chris. The two newlyweds walked arm in arm, paused on the street to give each other a parting kiss, and went their separate ways. Rob blinked at the gesture of love. A smile began to spread across his face. He had an idea that made his cock spring to life. 1B, approximately 5 p.m., Chris Berger had to circle the block. All of the on-street parking in front of the Connolly house was taken up apparently he was the last tenant to get home tonight. That was fine. There was something welcoming and warm about sharing his home with five other apartments. Like a family living in a big house, there was always someone home. It was a creature comfort. It just meant that he didn't get a front and center spot every night. Official tenant parking was around the back. He smiled to himself as he hopped lightly from his car. The night was promising to be beautiful and warm. The setting sun turned the clouds orange. He slung his satchel over one shoulder and leaned back into his car one last time. Sushi containers for dinner and flowers for TJ just because. None of the store bought clipped flowers. These were from the nursery, still in the dirt, ready to be potted or planted in one of TJ's window box gardens. He smiled to himself as he passed the large shady backyard plot of the apartment. Only five months ago, he and TJ had walked down the aisle on this very spot. It seemed like just yesterday. TJ had been completely natural, the flower in her hair, and her dress looking like it was made for her. God, if this was life, it wasn't so bad. Around the side of the building, he smiled to the trio of college girls as they sat on their side of the porch. They were chatting quietly. Only a slender brunette with a sparkling face was dressed modestly in a hoodie and jeans. The other two were somewhat scantily clad a brunette with dark features and skin-tight bicycle shorts and an expensive sports bra that hugged her full curves, and a busted red head and cut-off jean shorts that may as well have been a bikini bottom, for all it covered, and tank top that her enormous freckled tits were ready to spill out of. The latter girl was a tad on the chunky side, not in an unappealing way, but her outfit was really revealing for her fullness. Chris didn't give it much thought. Flaunt it if you got it. Good for them. He took one last deep breath of the late summer air before stepping inside. The apartment hallway always had a must-like dust, mildew, and oldness. There was always a touch of heaviness to the air, that TJ insisted was just energy of spirits who hadn't crossed over, due to unresolved business. Chris paused outside of the apartment door. Beyond, he could hear a sound, like man's voice moaning, at least he sounded like he was moaning. Maybe TJ was listening to another audiobook while she relaxed after work. Then he opened the apartment door and time froze. The potted flowers slid from his hand and smashed on the floor, leaving a mound of dirt and mess. Sitting on the couch across from him was his wife and his... neighbor? It took Chris a moment to make sense of it. TJ was in her work clothing a black and white print summer dress with a light teal cardigan. She was in black stockings and black heels. But she was on her knees on the couch her dress hiked high up her thighs and her head in the lap of Robert Bradford from 3A. Chris didn't know him well, but they'd passed a few times. Now the quiet author was lounging back on Chris and TJ's couch like he owned the place. His feet propped up on the coffee table, 
He was smiling like the cat that caught the canary. His pants were open, and jutting upright was a thick swollen erection, his cock easily rivaling Chris's a towering ten inches, maybe. And his loving kind-hearted wife's head was hovering over it. Her cheeks were puckering inward as her lips eased wetly up and down his member, sucking in long, dutiful strokes. Tara didn't even like sucking cock. She had only done it with Chris twice since they began to date, and both times were gifts for special occasions. Now, her eyes flicked in Chris's direction, but otherwise she made no effort to stop sucking. She even reached a hand up and tucked her wild blonde curls behind her ear, making sure he could see it all. Chris, welcome home, Rob said, smiling casually as TJ continued to slobber on his knob, sucking long and slow like she was savoring his taste. How was work? Chris felt his heart break in one horrible moment. His stomach nodded. He didn't understand what he was seeing, what any of this was. He thought he lived a happy marriage. They had never really fought. They took care of each other, they talked. Coming home to this was a complete gut punch. He stepped forward on shaking legs. W what is going on here? He said. His voice sounded very far away. TJ? What are you doing? Rob smiled. I'm sorry you had to find out like this. He reached his hand down TJ's back and pulled her dress higher and higher. Her stockings stopped at mid-thigh. Her panties were satin black. He gave her firm ass a pet then a squeeze. But we decided it best if you found out sooner or later. Chris's eyes went from Rob to TJ. They were beginning to water. We've been having an affair for a long time now. Rob lied, but he was enjoying the role he'd slipped into. The home-wrecking bull. As if on cue, TJ looked her husband squarely in the eyes. Rob's cock was still in her mouth. I love him, she said, her speech slurred with her mouthful. I love him. She cried out and resumed her sucking. Her hand caressed and fondled Rob's heavy balls. Her mouth continued to roam every inch of his shaft. Chris was struck. He was speechless. None of this made any sense. But something snapped in his brain. He started forward. What the hell, Tara? After everything we've been through. He wasn't sure what he was going to do. He'd never been in a fight before, but he balled up his fists. That was when he noticed the wireless computer keyboard on the couch beside Rob. Uh, stop right there. Rob smiled calmly. And to Chris's shock, he did stop. What the hell? Sit down, Chris. Rob ordered, and Chris felt his body drop into the nearest armchair, the Leatherman chair that TJ had ordered him for his birthday. Why was he following this creep's directions? Chris started to become aware that he wasn't in control of his body, and soon, his own anger at the situation began to fade, his emotions draining away with his thoughts. Keep going, Rob instructed TJ. Not that it was necessary. She had never stopped. Her calm eyes stared up at him as her head bobbed faster. Her hungry lips swallowed up his cock. She was taking longer and deeper pulls. Rob's hand wandered down her butt and between her legs. When he felt her wetness on her panties she let out an involuntary gasp. You're wet, he grinned. I'll bet that's authentic. Rob glanced over at Chris, who watched them blankly. Your wife is wet. And it ain't from you. Rob felt a little drunk on his own power. He was aware of the cruel irony he'd been bullied as a boy, but when given his chance, he was just as cruel as any of his childhood tormentors. He kind of liked it, especially when it was consequence-free. TJ's head full of blonde curls continued to bob up and down, doing everything possible with her mouth to bring Rob pleasure. Hmm, Rob said thoughtfully eyeing Chris. 
You need a personality. What do you think, TJ? Do you want him to be into this? Sitting in the corner jerking off and thanking me for what I'm doing to you. Should he join in? Should he cower like a dog? For a while, TJ didn't respond. She just continued sucking. Her eyes going back and forth between Rob and Chris. Her hand massaging Rob's heavy balls, wandering up his shaft to give him periodic strokes, then back to his balls for more pleasant rubbing. He didn't think she would answer although he'd sort of programmed her giving her false memories of a long, meaningful, and lust-filled affair with Rob that had grown into an emotional attachment. He wanted her attitude toward Chris to be authentic. And TJ's response was about what he expect from a wife who believed herself to be in love with another man because she wasn't satisfied with her current one. I want him to be upset but accept us for what we are. It was an honest answer. You cruel little housewife. Rob grinned, but he reached for his keyboard. He tested it before Chris had come home, and the range went all the way up to his computer in his office. He didn't need to lug the heavy arrangement with him. Rob started to type away as TJ pleasured him with her mouth. His cock gleamed with a wet pleasant coating of her saliva. When he was done, Rob was aware it worked. Because Chris started to sniffle. Tara, please, please stop. He was crying. Do you want to stop, Tara? Rob grinned. She peered over at her husband as her mouth continued up and down his length. She shook her head slowly. See that, Chris? She doesn't want to stop. He put his hand on top of her head and forced her mouth lower and lower until his cock hit the back of her throat. She gagged, but swallowed him. Who are you to stop her now? TJ came up gasping, her eyes watering, but even more turned on than before. Her hand started to stroke Rob vigorously as she caught her breath. She was glaring hard at Chris the entire time. But we love each other. Chris wept. Does she suck your cock like this? Rob asked, his fingers slipping around her panties, pushing into TJ's wetness. He fingered her right there on the couch. Tara resumed sucking him. Chris's diaphragm was quivering too hard to form an answer. Instead, he merely shook his head. That should have been your clue. Rob declared. Why would I suck your cock? TJ's calm husky voice asked, her lips moving against the tip of Rob's cock, like she was singing into a microphone. It's so fucking small. That's why I cheated in the first place. I needed something better, and I found it. She reached up and lovingly caressed Rob's cheek. And I'll do anything to keep it, even if I have to swallow him every night. TJ opened her mouth and dragged the flat of her tongue from Rob's balls up to the tip of his head, earning a long approving moan. Chris dropped his face into his palms to hide his shame. He's a real man, Chris, TJ said. And real men know how to fuck. None of this gentle shit that you do in the bedroom. Chris looked up, stunned. Rob suspected that TJ wasn't one to use swear words often. She climbed off of the couch, standing before Rob. She wiggled her hips as she pulled her dress high, revealing her thigh highs and wet panties. I don't want someone to worship and make love to me, like I'm some damn princess. I want a man to fuck me like my only role in life is to be his slut. She seemed to hiss the words out at her husband. She planted the toe of her shoe on the edge of the couch, between Rob's legs. She grabbed his hands and slid them up her thighs, to her underwear. The entire time, she was glaring at her husband. Rob hadn't scripted those words, so much as once again, described her aggression level in his story, and now she was acting it out, coming up with sentences and insults off the cuff. He wondered if any of them were her own guilty thoughts and desires that she'd hidden deep, deep down. Rob grasped her silky black panties and was happy to oblige her, 
sliding them down her smooth legs until they reached her ankles. TJ turned to her husband and kicked them at him. They slapped off of his face and landed on the floor between the pathetic sad sack's feet. She turned back to Rob, trembling in excitement. Touch me, Rob. Take me. Take me right here in front of Chris. She sat back on the coffee table and spread her legs wide, presenting her trimmed wet pussy to her new lover. Did you know in the animal kingdom, there's all sorts of animals that will take a new mate, right in front of the old mate? She pulled at Rob's belt until his pants fell to his ankles. They'll force their old lover watch, just to really drive the point home, that there's a new alpha in town. Rob smiled as he climbed onto the coffee table, over her. I did not know that. You're a very good teacher. I don't teach that. TJ leaned back on her elbows, her wild hair hanging down across the table. She shot a look at her sobbing husband. Chris was watching between his fingers. It just turns me on. Uh Uh-huh, Rob said, laying on top of her, his mouth sucking hungrily at her neck. That deep down, we're all just animals. And we do what comes naturally, and ignore everything else. Rob's hands reached behind her and started to unzip her dress. No. She stopped him urgently. She nodded her head to her husband. He has to do that. So he understands. Chris's eyes bugged out. What? He asked. Unzip me. She ordered him. Present me to my new mate. And despite Chris's humiliation and misery, his body moved with a mind of its own a puppet on a string. He came to them, tears running freely down his face. A snot bubble popped. She shrugged out of her sweater, and Chris reached behind TJ's back. He worked her zipper down and helped her shrug out of it. Then she leaned back on the coffee table again. By this point, Rob was stroking his cock, smiling at the body that he was about to conquer. TJ's natural tan encompassed her completely. Even her perky tits were devoid of tan lines. And just a hint of muscle definition in her belly told the story of an active woman. TJ spread her legs and stared up at Rob. I'm ready. Chris, guide him inside me. Even Rob was taken aback. He had written TJ to be cruel and humiliating, but he hadn't expected this. Chris looked miserable a beaten dog but he reached out and grasped Rob by the base of his shaft. It was weird for Rob but once the head of his cock met TJ's wet lips, he realized that he didn't mind. He pushed his hips and his member began to penetrate TJ. She leaned her head back and moaned in delight. Chris was openly crying his face flushed and red. His hand locked around Rob's base as he slid deeper and deeper inside of his wife. Chris didn't want to look but he had no say in it. He watched from the corner of his eye as Rob sank his long meaty pole into TJ's body. When he was fully inside, Chris let go. Stand right there and watch. TJ moaned in her calm husky voice. The cold detachment to her tone completely indifferent to her husband's misery. Tara lifted her legs high into the air and locked her high-heeled shoes together behind Rob's back. Rob was in heaven as his hips withdrew, then pushed himself back inside of her. Each thrust of his cock was like a stab into Chris's heart. He stood over them, watching Rob's cock disappearing in and out of TJ's body, and seeing the pleasure that crossed her face each time. She propped herself up on one elbow. Her legs helped drive Rob's thrusts deeper. Harder, she panted. Let him see how hard you can fuck. At her urging, Rob's thrusts grew much rougher. He stabbed into Tara's body. She started to cry out, loudly now. The animal within this calm, mild-mannered housewife was revealing itself. As Rob's thrusts grew more eager, TJ's body responded. She leveraged her legs, pulling her ass completely off of the coffee table. 
she continued to pull Rob's cock into her body. Each time he stabbed deep, she threw her head back and screamed. Harder! Fuck me harder! Her eyes were hard and her face determined. Her hair was flying in all directions as this little hippieish teacher threw her entire body into the act. Rob ground his teeth. He had unleashed the lioness in this little slut. He was all too happy to pound her. His hips became a blur. The coffee table beneath them shook and wobbled. The reclaimed wood would probably break, but neither of them cared. And judging from the horror and trauma on Chris's face, breaking some of their nice things was the least of his problems. In the throes of her pleasure, TJ turned to her husband. For a second, Rob thought she'd actually grab his cock and bring him into the fold, though he hadn't scripted that. Instead, TJ flicked his penis through his crotch. He yelped out in surprise and humiliation. She giggled cruelly before turning back to Rob. Pull my hair! She barked. Rob was all too happy to obey. He grabbed her by her curls and yanked her head back. Oh! She cried out. Their bodies locked together tightly. Rob and TJ were aggressively pushing and pulling back and forth. TJ's eyes flicked to her husband. You should take notes. She grunted at him. This is how I want it. But not from you. You just stand there and know your place, you pathetic little bitch. Even Rob thought that was harsh, but there was no way he was going to let up. He was having far too much fun putting this fit little slut through her paces. Her harsh words sent Chris into another sobbing fit. His glasses were smudged with tears. They magnified how puffy and red they'd grown. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. TJ's wails went on and on. Her tits jiggled happy with the pounding that her body took her hair flying in all directions. Rob kept a tight grip on her. His stabs from his cock so hard and fast that their bodies were making a steady th-u-m-p-th-u-m-p-th-u-m-p that reminded Rob of the beat of a helicopter. Oh! TJ's back arched and her grip with her legs tightened. Rob knew what was happening. Her orgasm was explosive. Rob felt her whole body tighten, as though she was squeezing him to death, then release in a rush of wetness that poured from her pussy and splashed up his stomach and down his balls. He had brought her to orgasm with a wet squirt something he'd never experienced before. Oh my god! Rob declared. When TJ's cries of pleasure settled and she sagged back onto the table, she glanced at her husband. See what he just did to me? You've never done that! She stressed. God, you're so pathetic! Chris couldn't meet her eyes. She shook her head and pointed to the chair again. Sit down! She ordered him. Chris dropped at once into his place in the chair. TJ pushed Rob off of her, then dropped to her knees on the floor. Rob startled as TJ didn't even hesitate. She fondled her tits and rubbed her excited pussy as she opened her mouth and began to lap hungrily at the mess she'd made of Rob's stomach and cock. She was licking her own juices from his body in long licks, making sure to pause periodically and plant little kisses on certain spots. She watched her husband from the corner of her eye. When she was positive that Chris was staring intently right back at her unspeakable actions, TJ wrapped her lips around the head of Rob's cock and plunged her face down around it. She practically threw her face down onto him, pivoting her head and throwing her hair around. She stroked and spun her hand along his shaft as she fed herself, her mouth bouncing up and down, her head turning from side to side. Her lips made noisy sucking sounds as she slurped him, working hard to taste herself up and down his length. Her fingers worked furiously between her legs as she fingered herself on the hardwood. She twisted her nipple until it hurt. When her mouth finally popped off his cock, she glanced at her husband. That's what a real man's cock tastes like. 
How does that taste? Rob said, wanting to drive the cruelty home. A real man tastes like my orgasm. She said, sliding to her feet, dragging her fingers up Rob's stomach as she went. She stood face to face with him, then pressed her mouth to his. Her kiss was deep and aggressive, her tongue probing into his mouth. Rob could taste her on her lips, and it drove him wild. He grabbed her by the hair again, their tongues rolling in each other's mouths. TJ continued to throw her head around enthusiastically as she kissed her new lover right in front of the old one that she was discarding. Both looked at Chris from the corners of their eyes, making sure he was watching. The guy was completely defeated. Rob's hands roamed the back of TJ's head, the curve of her back, the firm round cheeks of her ass. Finally TJ broke the kiss. I can't stand to see him looking like such a sad lump. She told Rob. Take me to the bedroom. You and I need our privacy to finish. I agree, Rob said. Asterisk our asterisk bedroom. She emphasized, caressing Rob's cheek. She made sure Chris had heard. Then she snapped her fingers at her husband. You, just sit there and listen. Don't try to interrupt. Or I'll make you clean up the mess that Rob leaves behind. She giggled at the last part. He just nodded, sad and complacent. TJ took Rob by the hand and led them away. The bedroom matched TJ's sense of modest style. A wicker chair, a rug with a modern geometric pattern, and a bedspread with bright yellow flowers. TJ kicked the door shut and locked it. So my old mate won't disturb us. She grinned with a devilish smile. Then she practically threw Rob backward onto the bed and pounced on top of him. She buried her face back into his, kissing him aggressively as she straddled him. Out in the living room, Chris sat miserably as he was treated to the noises from the bedroom the kind of sounds he'd never heard TJ make in her life. The kind of sounds that could only come from wild uninhibited passion. TJ positioned her body on top of Rob's, trapping him with her legs. She broke the kiss by flinging her head backward, tossing her hair from her face. Then she leaned into the upright position like she was getting ready to ride a horse. She bucked her hips a few times, rubbing her pussy along Rob's throbbing length, twerking her hips in fast little jerks. Rob moaned, feeling her wet lips kissing against his shaft. Then she reached behind her back, fished for his member, pressed it to her pussy and sat down on him in one fast eager motion. She sighed in mixed pleasure and relief, like his cock was the only thing in the world that could bring her comfort. As she started to ride, Rob vaguely wondered if he overdid it. TJ was fierce in her efforts. She may not have been the hottest in the building, but she was making up for it in roughness and aggression. The bed began to creak as she lifted herself up and dropped back down, again and again. Her movements were frenzied. She tossed her head from side to side, crying out each time she impaled herself on his dick. Grab me, Rob, she snarled. She held her hands up to the ceiling as she rode him, letting Rob's hands slide up her body until he was fondling her tits. He squeezed them hard as she bounced. Rob couldn't resist throwing his hips up to meet her bounces. The result was an incredible amount of racket. Not just from her lustful howls, but from the bed shaking violently on the floor and against the walls. Rob was in ecstasy. He turned his head. On the nightstand beside him, wedding photos of TJ and Chris stared back at him. Their first dance. They were holding each other as TJ rested her head on Chris's shoulder and smiled at the camera looking like a fairy with the flower in her hair. Then TJ bounced even rougher on the bed. Yesiases! She snarled, and the bed slammed hard enough against the nightstand that the photo toppled the floor and cracked. In the living room, Chris heard it all, sitting like a stone, his stomach rolling over and over, his tears drying to his face. 
his cock embarrassingly hard in his pants as he stared at the bedroom door and listened to the defilement of his wife. With the door firmly shut and locked, he could only imagine what was happening in there, but his mind showed him images that were very close and just as wild as the nightmare beyond the walls. Fuck me, fuck me, fuck me! TJ was crying out, throwing her whole body into it. Rob pinched her nipples, twisting them. This only sent TJ into a frenzy. She clenched his hands to her chest. Oh, never stop fucking me! She screamed through clenched teeth. She began to sashay her hips from side to side, rotating them in fast little circles as she gripped and rode. Oh, I won't, Rob fought to even say. It was the roughest sex he'd ever had. He could hardly catch his breath to form the words. TJ reached down and grabbed Rob's hair, holding onto a handful like the reins of a horse. She reached behind herself with her other hand and smacked her own ass. The clap going off like a gunshot in the room. The bed continued to thunder wildly against the wall. The lamp went next, falling from the end table. It looked handcrafted something her grandmother had made her, probably. Now it was nothing more than broken shards of garbage on the floor. TJ didn't relent, even for a moment. She spanked her own ass again. Rob's hips bucked up into her body. The crazy bouncing of the bed helping to leverage him up, catapulting him into her. It wouldn't be much longer, Rob knew. Sweat was pouring down both of their bodies. He had no idea that mild and chilled-out Tara Jane Berger could be such a fuck machine. Things seemed to be falling and breaking left and right. Finally Tara's pace relented to a long steady grinding motion along Rob's length. His cock disappeared in and out of her body in short increments. She planted herself on his lap and bucked her hips forward and back, moving her body like a belly dancer. One hand still held him by the hair, and the other felt for his balls. When she found them, she started to rub. Come inside of me, she urged him. Rob hadn't been expecting that demand. It must have shown on his face, because she urged him more. Please, she begged. I need it bad. We've been trying for a baby. With you, I know it'll take. Rob was all too aware that in his impulsiveness, he'd once again forgotten a condom. That was a moot point now. There was no way TJ was going to let him up until he acquiesced to her demand. Oh God, we shouldn't, he said, feeling his cock throbbing uncontrollably. The steady buildup was reaching its pinnacle. The tip of his cock tingling excitedly. It was only made worse by TJ's busy hands massaging his balls. You have this energy about you. She moaned, her eyes dreamy and half shut. I know this is how it was supposed to happen. Put your seed in me. She moaned, loudly enough for her whimpering husband in the next room to hear and to process what was about to happen. Rob's toes curled. His hands grasped at the sheets, and his eyes rolled back. Oh shit, he swore. TJ continued to hump him, even as the first of his cum spilled into her fertile womb. Yes, she cheered in triumph as she felt him. The cum rocketed out of his cock in waves after that. Each one brought about a new squeal of delight from the wild wife. Yes. Oh. God, yes, she moaned. Rob's cock spasmed long after his balls had emptied into TJ. She bounced for several minutes more, enjoying the thrill of him being inside of her, making sure she milked every final drop from him. I guess this is what I get for implanting the idea that our affair turned into something more, Rob thought to himself. He'd only done it to make Chris's humiliation that much more intense and realistic. It wasn't the end of the world. With his magic computer that could make any fantasy come true, Rob really had the ultimate say in what would happen going forward. Finally TJ's body slid off of his, 
sweating and glistening. She'd been fucking fiercely for so long that she seemed to continue to bounce, even as she dismounted. Then to Rob's shock, she went to the bedroom door and opened it. Get in here right now, she barked at her husband. Chris came obediently wearing the expression of a broken man. Rob gave me what you weren't man enough to. She fell back on the bed and spread her legs so Chris could see the cum that ran slowly from her pussy. With the sight confirming his deepest fears, Chris was horrified. Now hold my legs up, she told him. I want to make sure Rob's sperm finds where it's supposed to go. Even Rob was take aback. He wasn't sure if that was valid science or just a myth, but he often heard of women doing such things to ensure pregnancy after sex. He watched as Chris shamefully held his wife's ankles up in the air. TJ's gasping body smiled at Rob as he did so. Her hair played out behind her on the pillow. See that? He is good for something. She laughed. Chris reddened. Rob stood, his deflating cock swinging between his skinny legs as he headed across the room. He took a moment to admire the cracked wedding photograph on the floor, the shattered lamp. TJ had disregarded everything she loved. That was power beyond anything Rob could ever imagine. He couldn't help but strut a little bit as he headed from the room. Remember Chris, really make sure that pregnancy takes. You know, happy wife, happy life. Rob laughed to himself as he made his way through the apartment having never really seen it before, and hardly paid much attention to his surroundings when he and TJ were fucking. Paintings and a dream catcher decorated the walls. In other places were drawings from TJ's students the colorful scribbles of school kids. Photographs were the most abundant. TJ liked to take pictures. Many were close-ups of flowers and lilies. Dew on leaves. But the ones that drew in his eye were the photos of TJ and Chris. Many featured the happy couple on vacation. Most were outdoors. Hiking or rafting on sandy beaches or in the woods. There was a shot of them at the Grand Canyon. Even one with TJ in shorts that displayed her legs, standing on a hiking trail in the wilderness behind a sign that forbid hiking beyond a certain point. She was wearing an expression of oops on her face. They looked like a fun happy couple. Rob peered one last time over his shoulder, wondering what it was like to be part of one of those. Did he really care at this point? He could be a part of anything that he wanted to. In the bedroom, TJ was on her back, looking satisfied and relaxed, pleased with herself, as her husband held her legs in the air, sobbing quietly in defeat. Don't worry, buddy. Rob muttered under his breath. I'm not a complete monster. He dressed quickly, and when he picked up his wireless keyboard, he began to type quickly. Neither of you will remember a thing. Hell, maybe I'll make you think you got drunk, and rocked each other's world, and made a little miracle. When he was satisfied with that narrative, he packed it up and headed for the door, stepping over the smashed flowers and discarded sushi Chris had brought home. Now that his orgasm was done, and his sexual libido satisfied, a pang of guilt worked its way into his brain. But still... If he was being honest, really honest, with himself, he'd be back, as long as TJ kept fucking him like that. It was fun, even if he was the interloper in someone else's marriage. Rob emerged from the happy home of TJ and Chris. He was rather pleased with himself. Maybe a small part of him felt bad for what he'd done to Chris, but he'd been cheated on before when he was younger. Just once, Rob wanted to know what it felt like to be the home wrecker. And it felt good. He felt powerful, in charge. It was harmless. Chris wouldn't remember. They'd both snap out of it shortly and return to the blissful ignorance of their happy marriage, with maybe a few questions, but no less love for each other. And let's face it, 
For someone who wasn't a face value knockout, TJ could really fuck. Her body was amazing. Not to mention doing it in front of her husband. Excuse me. A man's voice. Rob nearly jumped out of his skin. He hadn't noticed anyone in the hallway at first. But when he looked, he saw a young man in his mid-twenties standing in the entryway of the building. Rob was already suspicious of strangers, but even more so now that he had something to hide. The kid didn't look like police, so at least there was that. He was very handsome, almost to a degree that made Rob instantly hate him. Life was so unfair with the cards it dealt. Rob was nothing special, while the kid before him had tall, dark, and handsome features, a great hairline, dark scruff, big dimples, and a smile full of perfect teeth. He was also well-dressed like a preppy boy from a good upbringing. Rob's eyes narrowed. I'm sorry I didn't mean to scare you. The man smiled, apologetic and sincere. There was an earnestness about him. I'm just looking for my girlfriend. She usually calls me every night, but it's been almost a week, and I haven't heard from her. Maybe she's trying to tell you something, buddy, Rob thought, wishing this man would just go away. Women, am I right? Rob shrugged. He shuffled his feet, feeling awkward, deciding it best to just leave it at that. He had a feeling his mind-controlling antics were to blame for this man being here, and he was terrified that guilt would show on his face. Get a hold of yourself, Rob. This isn't your problem. Believe it so you don't look culpable. But the man in the hallway shifted, just as uncomfortable as Rob was feeling. His brow pinched together. He looked honestly worried. Rob's conscience got the better of him. Who's your girlfriend? Kelsey Parker. If Rob wasn't so pale, this man would have seen the color drain from his face. Oh shit. Chapter 05 First floor hallway Robert Bradford was feeling particularly satisfied as he emerged from apartment 1B. The thrill of wild sex still so fresh in his mind that he almost ran headlong into a young man in the entryway. A stranger in his mid-twenties, well-dressed, and painfully good-looking with tall, dark, and handsome traits. I'm Paul, he said. His face, apologetic and sincere. There was an earnestness about him. I'm just looking for my girlfriend. She usually calls me every night but it's been almost a week. Who's your girlfriend? Rob asked. Kelsey Parker. Suddenly all of the pleasant post-sex euphoria disappeared. Rob hadn't had the first clue that Kelsey was in a relationship. Even though, as of late, Kelsey had become his personal plaything, he couldn't help feeling discouraged and saddened by this news. Of course Kelsey had a boyfriend. She was too cute, sexy, and sweet not to. Even though Kelsey was now fucking Rob regularly, it felt all the more empty and hollow when confronted with this stranger in the hallway. Kelsey wasn't doing it of her free will. She was only fucking Rob because, for reasons that Rob couldn't comprehend, every fantasy, idea, or notion that he put to paper just happened. No matter how vague, any story that he wrote lately would take place the moment he finished typing it out. Naturally, he'd used this new gift to control his tenants for sexual favors, and it had been amazing. Especially with Kelsey, who was everything a lonely hermit like Rob wanted in a woman. But she was never really his. Her affections and sexual acts were all part of some supernatural mind control. Her mind, her soul, and her desires belonged to this man here. This man was a symbol of Kelsey's free will, and it broke Rob's heart, in a way. Maybe you know her? She lives in 3B, Paul said. His brow pinched together. He was worried. Um, I know her. I mean, I've seen her in passing, Rob stammered. She lives across the hall from me. 
he blurted it out and immediately regretted it. Too much information. He'd given out too much information. He figured it would only be a matter of time before outsiders began to investigate the odd new behavior of his neighbors, but he scolded himself for not being better prepared. He was folding already. Have you seen her recently? Paul asked. I tried knocking on door, but she wasn't answering. It didn't seem like anyone is home. Of course Kelsey wouldn't answer. Right now she was across the hall in Rob's apartment, waiting for him to come home like a good pet. Um, maybe a couple of days ago. Rob was rubbing the back of his head feigning trying to remember. I was hoping to catch her before work. You know, she said something to me about changing up her work schedule. Rob lied, trying to keep things vague. She seemed a bit out of it. Maybe she's just having trouble adjusting. You how it is when you go from a night shift to a day shift. Paul thought for a second. That's odd, that she wouldn't tell me something like that. Rob just shrugged. Maybe she wanted it to be a surprise? Paul didn't look convinced. But if he was suspicious or not, Rob couldn't tell. I'll just hang around and wait for her. Do you have the landlord's number? Maybe I can have him unlock her apartment. Rob thought quickly. Um, actually I may have a spare key that she gave me, you know, in case she ever locked herself out. Once again, as he said it, he berated himself for blurting. That would be great, thanks, Paul said. Rob resisted the impulse to scream obscenities out loud and smack himself on the head. What the hell was he thinking? He needed a plan, and quickly. To be Kate Galloway was exhausted. She was horribly fatigued from all of the physical rigors of training. Every muscle ached. Her lower back was sore to the point where she could barely stand up straight, and her shins were hurting something fierce she obviously hadn't stretched well enough after the last four-mile run. Not only that, but after her poor night's sleep, whenever she sat too long, her vision began to space out, her eyelids began to drop and she could think about nothing other than closing her eyes. But there were too many things to do at home. That was the worst mentally exhausted by the problems that were piling up, she began to feel more from being home than at work. At work there was only the task at hand to focus on living in the moment. But as soon as she got home, there were a hundred things she wanted to do, and a dozen that she had to do. She literally felt like the moment she walked in the front door, she was hitting the ground running. The rifle needed cleaning, and she continued to push it off for another day, knowing full well that she shouldn't. She needed to pick up her mail from the post office. She needed to contact her cell phone company because they were giving her shit about the change of billing address. Not to mention the dishes were stacking up in the sink and she was out of clean socks, among other articles of clothing. She concluded that laundry was the priority. She wasn't willing to put her feet back into yet another pair of crusty used socks. She gathered up everything that was dirty, intending to just do it all in one massive load. The hell was separating the whites or the dainties. The word of the day, kitties, is laundry. She muttered out loud to herself in a silly voice that was dry and tired. Can you say laundry? Laundry! She repeated it in a high-pitched voice meant to imitate a child. Very good, boys and girls. And can you tell us why laundry is so important? The plastic basket was overflowing with dirty clothes. She grunted with the effort to heft it. Laundry is important because Officer Galloway smells like a foot. Despite her exhaustion, she giggled to herself as she balanced the basket on her knee while she freed up her hand to pull open the front door. By the time she got the door open, she was nearly in hysterics and the basket was threatening to spill all over the place. By some stroke of luck she managed to not tip it over as she stepped out into the hallway. She almost tripped over Ethan and went toppling down the stairs. 
He was sitting on the landing going up to the third floor, his nose in his book. Hello there, Ethan. We really have to stop meeting like this. She smiled at him. Don't tell me you locked yourself out again, just to score another free dinner. His eyes grew big, his cheeks reddened, and his gaze darted away from hers after only a moment. He was an interesting one, that was for sure. Oh, hi, Kate. I mean Galloway. Or I mean is it okay if I call you Gall Dash? Oh, Ethan, we've already established our dynamic. I'll be Machine Gun Galloway and you'll be the Kid Dot. Ethan looked at her as if she'd gone crazy. I'm sorry. I'm too tired to pretend to be normal tonight, she admitted. Then she added as an afterthought. You got a problem with that, kid? He laughed and shook his head quickly. You get weird when you're tired? I'm weird all the time. I just run out of the energy to hide it. What are you up to? She asked. Enjoying the creepy ambience of the hallway sconces? Oh, um, something like that. He avoided the question. His mom had taken the day off, and she was acting weird. What about you? He eyed the pile of clothing overflowing her basket. Me? I'm just on my way to tossing everything I own on the front lawn and setting it on fire. He looked unsure of what to say. I'm kidding. Need to catch up on my laundry, rather desperately. Ethan suddenly looked alarmed. Downstairs? Unless you know a secret washing machine closer to my door? Ethan quickly put his book down. I'll come with you, he said immediately and collected his crutches. Oh no, is there some secret I'm not supposed to see? Is that where you're hiding the bodies of your victims? Ethan reddened. No. It's just, it's kind of creepy down there and I don't want you to go alone, that's all. He blushed as he said it. It sounded stupid and cheesy like he was trying too hard to be some chivalrous knight. Wobbling in his crutches, he certainly didn't feel brave or strong. He was hoping she didn't take it that way. Kate Galloway was probably the coolest person he'd ever met, and the first person who treated him like an equal and not like he was just a pair of crutches. But there was another reason. Ethan kind of wanted to avoid his apartment today. His mom seemed different. He couldn't quite place it, but it was making him a little uncomfortable. His mom had called off today, insisting she needed to take a mental health day. That was fine, but she had come up with the idea of having a pajama day. Ethan had startled when he saw his mother's pajamas. She was wearing a long sweater, a pair of gray and black wool socks that came up to mid-thigh, and literally nothing else. The socks she'd purchased last Halloween were very Tim Burton-ish, but the few times she wore them was with leggings. Today there was nothing but smooth bare thigh peeking above her socks and with her small size, her sweater was basically a short dress that barely covered her curvy ass. Furthermore, it was obvious she wasn't wearing a bra. Her breasts jiggled free and full beneath her sweater. Her nipples pressed through the fabric. Ethan felt weird seeing her like that. And even weirder when she kept standing on her tiptoes to reach the bowls in the top shelf, when there were ones within much more easy reach on the lower ones. Ethan had always thought his mother was an exceptionally pretty woman. She had a youthful energy about her that made her perky and full of life. Her hair was bouncy and fun. Her eyes squinted when she smiled. Once for Christmas when he was little, she had donned a pair of pointy ears and a Santa hat with jingle bells on it and looked exactly like a cute little elf. Ethan had never really noticed her body or had given it much thought before now. But today, her pajama outfit displayed her in ways that he hadn't noticed before. He was aware of her breasts, and how perky they were, how round, and how much bounce there was. Her nipples seemed to point right at him. 
But as she reached very high into the cabinets, grunting softly with the effort, her sweater had ridden up. His mother's ass was plump and perky. She was slightly bigger around the hips, and the tops of her thighs, what those long socks revealed, were smooth and creamy, coming together tightly. Her panties were bright blue, and didn't cover her ass cheeks fully. He could see the perfect curve of her but as it met her thighs. When Ethan had caught himself looking at her in that moment, he felt a weird inappropriate stirring. That was when he decided it best to take his reading to the hallway. He'd been avoiding the situation ever since. Galloway's voice stole him back to reality. I appreciate it, but I'm a big girl. I think I can manage. Well, at least let me hold the door for you and get the lights. Ethan insisted. Don't want to see my clumsy-ass faceplant at the bottom of the stairs? Galloway asked. For once, Ethan returned her smirk. The opposite. I don't want to miss that. You're a dick. She laughed and smacked him lightly with the back of her hand. As they started down the stairs, Robert Bradford came barreling up, looking even more pale and nervous than usual. He paused long enough to give both Galloway and Ethan a glance, almost like he was digesting what they were up to. Then he brushed past them, with barely a grunt. Trailing behind him was a well-groomed, worried-looking man with a handsome face all the trappings of an Ivy League graduate written on him. Speaking of faceplant, Galloway said quietly with a shrug. He's weird. Ethan let his voice drop to a whisper. You don't know the half of it, Junior. Galloway drawled out. Oh, by the way, thank you for the note you left on my door. That really made my day. Ethan blushed again. Really? Oh, it was nothing. Well, that was a really sweet thing to do. Not many people are that thoughtful. He shrugged, and she kind of enjoyed the way his face reddened. The kid needed to work on his confidence. Ethan took the basement stairs carefully on his crutches. Galloway shook her head, looking around the dungeon-like rooms. Nice to see the landlord really busting his ass to make this place welcoming. She dropped her basket off. Although Galloway had seen the cellar before, the two of them couldn't resist having a look around. The room with the washing machines was brightly lit, with a table in the center. There were droplets and smudges on the surface, and Galloway tentatively touched some of the dried white splotches, immediately dismissing it as the remnants of spilled detergent. A maze of rooms were situated around the laundry area boilers and furnaces. A jungle of vents and ductwork ran in all directions. A room filled with nothing but water heaters. There was the room full of tenant storage cages. Galloway glanced into the one for Ethan's apartment. Does mom still keep your baby clothes? Shut up. Ethan smiled and blushed. She does, doesn't she? Galloway teased. More like my first wheelchair and crutches. Maybe she'll have them bronzed. He rolled his eyes. Ah, how cute. Like Tiny Tim. You are the worst, Ethan remarked, but he wasn't offended. His comment only made Galloway roar with laughter. He rather liked it when she laughed. What's in your locker? Old Barbie dolls and stuffed animals, I'll bet. Try broken hearts and empty whiskey bottles, smartass. She fired back. Past the cages, they spotted a small door in a dark corner of the basement. A set of stairs had been carved into the floor, leading down to a door that was low and wood plain. Not exactly ominous or medieval-looking, but in a basement like this, it was downright creepy. Galloway eased the door open and stooped to peer inside. The stairs led further down into darkness, finally dead-ending in a tiny square room with dirt walls and floor. The air inside was chilly and damp. It's a root cellar, Galloway explained. Ethan shrugged. He'd heard the term but didn't know what it meant. 
old houses sometimes have them. Before the days of refrigerators, they had to get creative with how to preserve food. And because it's cold underground, it was a pretty clever way of doing it. It's creepy. It looks like a prison cell. I'll give you ten bucks if you spend the night down here. No way. Keep your money, Ethan replied. They started back to the washing machine area. It was definitely the least threatening of the different basement areas. But that didn't mean much. See what I mean? Ethan asked. Creepy, right? Galloway shrugged. Interesting is more like it. They don't make them like this anymore. A voice suddenly echoed through the basement. Something deep and guttural. It was a man, but barely a man. It resonated and echoed, rattling their teeth. Galloway. They froze in their tracks. Ethan glanced at Galloway and was even more alarmed by how big her eyes had grown. Galloway? Ethan asked her. His voice made her jump. Jones? She muttered. Her gaze was distant, haunted. She looked mortified. Galloway? He asked again, and suddenly she snapped out of it. Nobody came down here? Galloway asked. Ethan shook his head. Suddenly there was a new sound. A kind of raspy feminine laughter like a witch's cackle. Then the sound of something falling over and crashing, though whatever it had been was beyond their comprehension. Ethan looked at Galloway and before he could react, she was reaching to her ankle and fishing a snub-nosed smith and wesson from an ankle holster under the leg of her jeans. She seemed to have pulled the weapon out of nowhere. Stay behind me. She urged him as she pointed her gun around the room. He kept close, so that she could feel him behind her as they shuffled through the basement. Room by room. The little enclosed spaces all blended together, disorienting them. They circled the basement, but each space was empty and devoid of life. They found nothing. They returned to the laundry area, no less confused. Galloway tucked her gun back into the leg of her jeans. That was weird, she commented. What was that? Why did it know your name? Galloway shook her head. Officer Jones. It's a long story. But he was a bad man and he's dead now. I'm not sure why we just heard his voice. Her mind wandered to that weird dream from the other night. The memories from the casino, the sexual attack, and the way that she had been turned on. It was too coincidental. She shrugged it off and started her laundry. How the hell are you so calm about this? Ethan cocked his head, shocked by her indifference. It's an old building. There's a cemetery nearby. I figured this place might have a few ghosts in it. Let's stop thinking about it. There's enough things to stress us out without adding a creepy old attention whore like a ghost to our list. She tossed as many of her clothes as she could stuff into the washing machine. It was tight but she made it work. Ethan hung around. Need any help with that? Galloway paused and cocked her eyebrow. You want to help with my dirty underwear? Do you feel good about that, you perv? Ethan blushed. No, I didn't mean like that. I was only just offering to be helpful. Uh Uh-huh, I'll bet you were. She smirked. After a pause, they both burst out laughing. One aide Danny Esposito was feeling oddly alone in her apartment lately. She wasn't sure how that was possible, considering she lived in close proximity to two other girls one of whom was her best friend. Yet both of her roommates seemed to be emotionally withdrawn and their behavior was only growing more, unusual. Lucy had seemed like a bashful, meek, timid girl. Yet almost overnight, Lucy had transformed. She was dressing, well, like a slut. Her clothing barely contained her massive breasts, and her pants were either skin-tight or dangerously short. Lucy wasn't exactly a heavy girl, but she was full, 
and the way her body spilled from her outfits was somewhat obscene. The clothes that she owned that weren't outright revealing, she had altered to be that way cutting the legs off her pants until they were short shorts, or hemming her shirts so high that they showed her belly, and sometimes the bottoms of her breasts. There was a lot of cleavage and a lot of skin. Danny wouldn't expect a shy nerd to suddenly begin dressing like a dancer in a rap video or something. Even more shocking was Tina's behavior. Tina had always been aware of her body, but she carried herself with high degree of esteem and self-respect. The way she was suddenly dressing lately, even Tina herself would describe as trashy. Skin-tight spandex, sports bras only, or tank tops that were far too tight and skimpy. It was all too much. And her grades were beginning to slip. Something that Tina would have been mortified by. She hadn't studied for her last two exams, and hadn't bothered at all with homework. She seemed to have lost a lot of purpose spending her time slutting up her outfits, and otherwise waiting, like she expecting someone to stop by at any time. Between the two of them, Danny felt like they were in on some secret that she was not. She felt left out, a stranger in her own home. That was part of the reason why she clung to her iPad. The other reason was, Earth to Danielle. The tiny voice through the device snapped her back to reality. Huh? She blinked. On the other side of the screen, Bill Esposito smiled at her with amusement. Other side of the screen? Who was she fooling? It was the other side of the world. That was the real reason she clung to her device. Probably even the real reason she was avoiding her roommates. Her big brother was on deployment to the Middle East. Though he was a Marine, he was still her brother, and she was scared. You know I hate when you call me that, she said. Would you prefer I call you Squeaky? He grinned. Her eyes widened. Don't you fucking dare! He snickered, and his eyes crinkled pleasantly at the corners. Even on the screen, her brother was a dashing man. He had a wide mouth and a bright smile that mirrored Danny's. He had a strong jaw that always reminded Danny of a superhero. He'd shed his slender physique after boot camp and had packed on the muscles. Like her, his eyes were dark and lively. Both Esposito's siblings had inherited those traits from their parents. Thank God looks was all they inherited. Literally, all they had were each other. Danny's parents hadn't been much of a picnic. They were drunks. They liked to party. And as she grew older, she suspected they dabbled in pills. Very often, they would disappear for weeks on end. During those times, Bill had stepped up and taken care of Danny, though he had been a kid, himself. For that reason, they weren't just brother and sister, they were best friends. Bill being on the other side of the world in some foreign and dangerous land, without her there to watch over him frightened her. If something happened to Bill, she wasn't sure what she would do. Well, I will if you don't snap out of it, Bill replied. He was seated inside an olive canvas tent with sparse furniture around him a metal cot, a utilitarian desk, with a reading light. His rifle and rucksack were propped up behind him. There were a few pinups on the walls that Danny often teased him about. Just another reminder of the lonely alien-like world that Bill was living in. It broke her heart. Bill must have sensed this because he prodded. Danny, what's going on with you? She took a deep breath. I'm just homesick. She folded her legs beneath her and nibbled the tip of her finger. His brow furrowed in genuine confusion. Really? I don't believe that. Not homesick in the normal sense, she said. I just miss you. A lot. And Tina's acting sort of weird dash. Tina is weird. Bill corrected her. This earned a high-pitched giggle from Danny. Okay, but she's acting weirder than normal. I just feel like, really alone. Bill considered this. Maybe it's just a phase she's going through.
But Danny, the only person that you need to count on for feeling content is you. Nobody else can do that for you. He was right. But still, I'd feel better if I didn't have to worry about you getting hurt. Bill smiled. I won't. I've got the might of the U.S. Marine Corps watching my back. As if on cue, a group of soldiers pulled back the divider curtain that separated Bill's bunk from the rest of the tent. They were loud and jovial in their camel fatigues in the midst of bantering during their R and R downtime. Esposito, one of them barked. Holy shit, devil dog, is that your little sister? They glanced over his shoulder at the screen. Dude, she's smoking hot. Danny couldn't resist giggling as half a dozen faces filled the screen around an annoyed-looking Bill. They were all shouting at once. Hey baby, show us your boobs. Send nudes. Marry me. Grease my gun. Bill had to raise his voice. Will you all get the fuck out of here? He barked. There were a few grumbles, but eventually his fellow Marines cleared out. When he was alone again, Bill shook his head and sighed, laughing lightly. Sorry about that. You really didn't instill me with any confidence, Bill. Danny giggled. They're smarter than they look. They better be. You tell them, if they don't bring your butt back home in one piece, there will be hell to pay. After the laughter, Danny found herself feeling better. She always did after talking to Bill. 3A. Oh crap. Rob grumbled as he reached the top of the stairs. Waiting on the top floor landing, Tina was in a very tight gray sweater that exposed the flawless olive skin of her midriff and perfectly highlighted her curvaceous breasts. Her skirt was even more revealing. Plaid and pleated, with white knee highs. He'd given her a homework assignment, and she'd dressed for the part. I have that information you wanted. She offered him a coy smile. Those piercing, almost yellow eyes of hers made him shiver, like she was staring right through him. Her black curls hung around her face like a school principal's worst nightmare. A moment later and Paul arrived on the landing beside Rob. He looked thrown off by the college girl who greeted them. Who's your friend? Tina asked, still in horny girl mode. Nobody, nobody, Rob said hurriedly. Why don't you wait inside? He quickly unlocked his door, praying to God Kelsey wouldn't be just inside, or tried to step out. God, this was like wrangling rambunctious dogs, he thought. He ushered Tina inside, glancing back out at Paul. The college girls on the first floor needed some tutoring. Rob explained, his face turning red. It's nothing weird, I promise. He laughed nervously. I'm not judging. Paul merely shrugged, but by his expression, he was honestly surprised and impressed that a girl like that was hanging around Rob. Not all of us can be as naturally good-looking as you, fuck face, Rob thought bitterly. Wait here, I'll find her key. Rob shut the door. When he turned to the living room, he startled. Ahoy! Kelsey grinned from the turret. She spun around playfully in Rob's desk chair. Rob's cock was instantly springing to life at the sight of her. Under Rob's spell, she'd gone out and purchased some new attire for him. At the moment, Kelsey was lounging on his desk chair in a sailor's suit. Or what resembled a sailor's suit, anyway. A navy blue miniskirt that showed far too much leg, high heels, and a tiny blouse jacket tied shut with a red bow that only covered her breasts. Barely. Her tummy was exposed, and her massive DD cups were ready to come bursting out if she so much as breathed too hard. A sailor cap sat on her perky brown hair, tilted cutely to one side. Her bangs hung half over her eyes, the little blonde highlights bringing her whole expression to life, along with those big eyes. God, the smile in her eyes drove him crazy with lust. She'd painted her cheeks rosy and pink, and applied a heavy coating of bright red lipstick. 
Rob even spotted fake makeup freckles on her cheeks and cute upturned nose. Are you ready to get wet, Captain? She giggled, her voice halfway between slutty and her usual perky tone of voice. She glanced at Tina. Are you bringing aboard one more? Oh shit, this is bad. Rob cringed. His heart was pounding. The kingdom that he'd been working to build was on the verge of collapsing. What would happen if he got caught? At best, Paul might just find out his girlfriend was cheating on him, and he'd storm off in a huff, ending the relationship. Rob might even get punched, but that wouldn't be so bad. That might be the most favorable outcome. But for sure this guy was going to ask Kelsey questions. And in the state of mind she was in, it would be glaringly obvious that she was under some sort of spell. Rob could never in a million years plausibly explain why she was acting so utterly off the wall. At least not without ending up in the loony bin. More plausibly, Paul would assume that his lovely and kind-hearted girlfriend had been drugged or hypnotized. Rob would be arrested, charged with all sorts of seedy things that would destroy him. His overthinking brain was already composing the headlines. Innocent well-loved nurse drugged and kept as a sex slave by a local author. Oh God, oh God, oh God. Rob's heart was pounding so hard that his breath was quivering. Kelsey, go put your normal clothes on right now, he urged her. He took his spot by the computer, and his fingers typed feverishly. Even his hands were shaking so badly that the screen was full of typos something that almost never happened to him. Rob was as skilled at typing as Beethoven was at playing the piano. He never missed a key. But now he was backspacing like crazy. Without a word, Kelsey went to the bedroom. Rob watched after her. Her cute little but showing out of the bottom of her skirt. He needed to undo this. That was the first thing that came to mind return Kelsey to her normal self snap her out of the control of his narration that he'd written for her. But he stopped himself. That wouldn't do either. She's lost time. If he sent her back to her boyfriend, she'd be confused as to her whereabouts for the last few days. That would look even more like she'd been drugged and kept somewhere against her will. Rob needed to come up with a convincing backstory and fast one that was believable. But his hands were shaking like crazy, and no matter how much he racked his brain, his creative juices weren't flowing under this kind of pressure. It was like his mind was freezing up. For a brief moment, he thought about typing a short few sentences in which Paul had a heart attack, or fell down the stairs. But that would bring more people into this building. More heat would come down on him. Maybe he could just make Paul go away, but there was no way of knowing how permanent that'd be. Fuck, fuck, fuck. He had already wasted more than enough time. He scooped up Kelsey's spare key and ran it to the door. He only opened it partially. Here you go. He passed it to Paul and shut the door quickly. Okay, he said to himself. That buys me a little more time. He took a deep breath and tried to calm his beating heart. But he was nervous. This guy was over in Kelsey's apartment right now, waiting for her to come back. How long would he wait before getting impatient and leaving? If he left, he'd certainly come back with the police. Rob wasn't sure how powerful his computer was. How many people could he mind control at once? Could he put an entire police force under his spell? He dismissed that idea almost at once. He wasn't ready for that. Not yet, anyway. Juggling half a dozen of these sluts was proving to be difficult enough. If he could find a way to sneak Kelsey out of his apartment, snap her out of her spell, return her to normal, he might be able to fabricate a good backstory for why she was out of touch and why she didn't remember the past few days. But he needed to make sure it was damn good. Professor? Tina stepped forward, looking like a bad girl who just couldn't wait any longer for her discipline. 
he sighed. What is it, Tina? Do you want my report about my roommate Danny? She asked, biting her bottom lip, looking desperate and slutty. Now wasn't really the right time, but Rob was out of ideas. Sure, lay it on me, he said, disinterested. Tina told Rob all about her best friend growing up together, Danny's personality, her past boyfriends, and insecurities being teased about her squeaky voice, contending with absentee and neglectful parents, and her fears about her brother in the military, fighting overseas. Rob made a few notations, but nothing that really jumped out at him. So her brother isn't in the U.S. and won't be for a while? Rob asked. No. He just shipped out. She FaceTimes with him at the same time every night, but that's it. Rob frowned. That was good news and bad news. It meant Danny was all alone and nobody would notice her behavior changing, or if she was absent for periods of time, provided she didn't miss her conversations with her brother. She was cute, so Rob could see himself enjoying her. And Rob thought of Maggie and her son. The thought of a brother and sister was sort of tantalizing. Unfortunately, the guy wouldn't be coming around any time soon. Rob would have to think of something else for Danny. Unless. No, he didn't have time to chase that thought. How to get Paul to stop asking questions and to just fucking leave. He needed a solution. One that didn't involve Rob giving up his most precious toy. As much as Rob didn't want to get caught, even more, he didn't want to send Kelsey back to that asshat. It wasn't fair. Paul was so good looking, he could have any girl that he wanted, and Rob was a loser with no weight. He stopped. Tina waited patiently, looking sexy and ravenous in her uniform, with her wild eyes and juicy curves. Rob suddenly had a plan. A clever plan. He'd break up the happy couple for good, in a way that wouldn't provoke a single question leading back to him. Tina, I may have one more task for you. Rob smiled. He was suddenly sure this would work. He started to type. Basement. So what's work like? Ethan asked. He planted himself in a cheap plastic lawn chair beside the folding table. Galloway was sitting on top of one of the washers, kicking her legs slowly back and forth. Exhausting, Galloway responded. Is it like the movies? He asked. Like one of those training montages? Galloway laughed. Kind of, but the novelty wears off after two seconds. It's a lot of running and push-ups and sit-ups. I honestly never knew I could do so many push-ups. I was never good at those in gym class. But I always crushed it on the run. Galloway looked at him sideways. He'd said it so matter-of-fact that for a moment, she thought he was being serious. Then he started to sputter laughter, and she joined in. Oh, trust me. You get good real fast when you've got a big scary state police trooper as your instructor. Galloway explained. Is he your boss? No. My bosses work for a private firm, not the state police. They're cool people. You'd like them. The woman who owns the firm is a lot like me, only way more sarcastic. And my captain is an old friend of mine from years ago. They work a lot with the state police and their training officers are putting me through the ringer as a favor. It's not like the police academy or anything. They want me going through specialized training while my captain and my boss oversee. It's just me and a few rookie troopers. It's kind of scary and kind of lonely. The rookies are alright, but at the end of the day... They won't be my co-workers, so we aren't really friends. We just keep to ourselves. Oh, that must be hard. She shrugged. It's okay. I've got friends outside of work to pal around with, or do laundry with. But sometimes I wonder if I made the right career choice. Ethan smiled and glanced at the floor. I think you did. 
You seem pretty natural for a job like that. Thanks. Sometimes I think you're right. But other times, like tomorrow, I don't. Tomorrow is mace training and I'm dreading it. Mace training? He asked. Chemical mace. Like pepper spray. To certify us, they have to spray us in the face with it. Why? Ethan was alarmed. Something like one out of every 100 people are immune to it. My captain said years ago a policewoman was in a struggle with a suspect, and the suspect managed to get her mace away from her. So she shot him. She argued that if he had used the mace on her, she would have been blind and he would have gotten her gun and done whatever he wanted to her. For some reason, as she imagined it, she felt a little tingle of excitement between her legs. The bad guy could have done anything to her. Galloway had the sudden mental image of handcuffs and grunting and moaning in the back seat of a squad car. Anyway, the suspect's lawyer cited that a percentage of people are immune to it. They asked her if she had ever been sprayed before, and when she said no they said then how do you know it would have incapacitated you? A stupid argument on their part, but ever since then, if we carry mace, we have to know how our bodies react to it. Typical case of one asshole ruins it for everyone. I'll bet you're immune, Ethan said. You think so? You're tough. It's hard to imagine anything phasing you. Well, we'll find out tomorrow, won't we? I'm still kind of nervous, though. Are you going to be around tomorrow? He asked. I want to hear how it goes. My boyfriend is stopping over after work, but maybe you can catch me when I first get home. Assuming I'm not crying hysterically and pawing at my face. Ethan barely heard her attempt at humor. She had a boyfriend? Not that he assumed there would ever be more to his interactions with Galloway than what they were doing right now. She was older than him by at least ten years, and much too gorgeous for him. He glanced at his crutches resentfully. And he was so far from her level of perfect that it was ridiculous. He wasn't belittling himself. His practical side knew this all too well. But he couldn't help feeling oddly disheartened by this new information she'd been so nice to him, that it was easy to get lost in his wishful thinking. Galloway noticed the way he seemed to deflate it by this information. She felt bad. Technically Quinn wasn't her boyfriend. But how could she possibly explain to Ethan that her oldest friend and partner, who she did love, and who loved her back, who she'd always chum around with, and get drunk with, and have wild sex with, that they weren't an exclusive couple? Shit, she barely understood it. She and Quinn had a long history. They were more than just simple fuck buddies. But they had never been exclusive even though there was mutual respect and love. They had their fun, sometimes with each other, sometimes with other people, sometimes all at the same time. It was just easier to say boyfriend, and that revelation was showing now on Ethan's face. Something on your mind? She asked. Ethan replied all too quickly. And no. I guess that makes sense, he said. Galloway was about to say more, but a voice suddenly called to them. They both startled, thinking of the ghostly voice. But then they realized it was calling down the basement stairs to them, and it was one that they both recognized. Ethan, are you down there? It was his mother, Meg. Yeah, Mom. I'm hanging out with Galloway. Who? Kate. He blushed. Galloway smirked back at him. You're not bothering her, are you? Meg's voice was amused, trying not to sound overly curious. Galloway was dismissive. If anything, I'm bothering him. Well, dinner is almost ready. And if you have a minute, I'd really like your help with something. There was a slight husky undertone to her voice. Both Galloway and Ethan heard it. It was strange. The look they traded said it all. Well, I guess I'd better go. Ethan told her. He paused, 
and glanced around the basement, looking hesitant to leave her down here alone. Will you be okay if dash? It'll take more than a ghost to take me out, Ethan. Galloway grinned proudly. Go eat something. And thank you for keeping me company. Ethan smiled sheepishly. Good luck tomorrow with your mace training. What gets me through physical therapy is when I go in there thinking bring it on. Then Ethan was heading up the stairs. Alone now, Galloway smiled to herself. She was genuinely touched. It was nice to have a friend. 3B Paul was uneasy. Kelsey's apartment was completely undisturbed. He wasn't sure if that was a good thing or a bad thing. Her place was a small and cozy one. Her living room and kitchenette shared the same space, with sloping ceilings and decorative windows. Her couch had a warm blanket that her grandmother had made her, and she'd set up a little nook in the window for reading shelves with candles, a collection of fluffy pillows and blankets, and a stack of romance novels. Down the hall was her bedroom and bathroom, also equally cozy and inviting. Her fuzzy bunny slippers were at the foot of the bed where she always left them. There was no sign of any struggle. Her cat was still fed and well cared for, but her bed looked like it hadn't been slept in for a while. Even more worrisome he was finding clothing that looked, altered. Shorts that had been shortened, tops where the neckline had been cut lower to accentuate what Paul already knew Kelsey had huge boobs. Worse, he was finding shopping bags and receipts in her garbage for clothing that had recently been bought, as well as cameras and assorted electronics. Okay, she had time to go shopping, but not to call him. His first concern was that something happened to her, but now there was also a needling fear that she had met someone new and was cheating on him. He found her phone on her charger. She wasn't home and hadn't taken her phone with her? Paul wanted to resist the impulse to go through it. But after some consideration, he decided that he needed answers. She had missed calls and text messages from all sorts of people in her life over the past few days. Strangely, her last actual outgoing phone call was from a few days ago. He never saw conversations that implied she was seeing a new guy, but she could have deleted those. Knock, knock. A voice called, leaning into the apartment doorway. Paul glanced up. It was the girl from the hallway, the one with the untamable yellowish eyes, dressed in the schoolgirl uniform. When she spotted Paul, she smiled smoothly at him. Waiting for your girlfriend to come back? Tina asked. Yeah. He smiled politely. There was something about her manner that seemed unnatural. Like she was too calm, too sexual. Everything about the way she looked, spoke, and stared at him was oozing with sexuality. Part of him wished she would go away. Have you seen her recently? Cute bunny rabbit face? Smile in her eyes? Bouncy hair? Big tasty knockers? Tina strode into the apartment, folded her arms, and leaned against the wall with a satisfied smile lingering. She looked like she was in a joke that she wasn't going to share. Something like that. Please. I love her deeply, and I'm really worried something happened to her. Paul didn't have time for games. He was desperate. He was pleading. Tina's expression softened slightly. Wow, you're really worried about your girl, aren't you? Very, he admitted. But she doesn't seem very worried about you, if she didn't call you. How long have you two been together? Tina asked with mild curiosity. We just had our second year anniversary. I bought her a ring. Paul dug into his pocket and produced a tiny jewelry box. He passed it to Tina. She opened it and gasped at the size of the diamond. Wow. You have fantastic taste, Tina said. She looked at Paul thoughtfully, then back at the ring. She hesitated like something was on her mind. What? Paul asked nervously. 
She doesn't deserve a guy like you. You're thoughtful, you legitimately care, you're handsome, you're well off, and let's face it, you're hot as hell. Tina let her eyes wander curiously over Paul's body. She made no effort to hide the fact that she was checking him out. Her head tilted as her gaze traveled to Paul's pants. She seemed to stare straight through his pants, zeroing in on his penis. Paul had never been confronted with a woman's demeanor that was so forward like that. He felt a guilty stiffening of his member. Um, what's that supposed to mean? He asked, trying to focus the discussion on Kelsey. Okay, I shouldn't say anything, Tina said. But you seem like a nice enough guy. And a guy like you deserves to know, before you waste any more time on a girl like that, instead of going out there and meeting someone who deserves you more. Paul blinked. I've seen Kelsey around. She's sort of coming and going lately with some guy. I don't know who he is, and I don't care to ask. But it ain't you, cutie. Paul was absolutely bowled over by this news. It didn't make sense. Tina just shrugged. They literally bumped into me, the one night. They just staggered in. Both of them were drunk as hell. She'd have to be to pick him over you. The dude looked like a convict or something. Older, rough face, tattoos, shaved head. No, no, that's not Kelsey, Paul said. Tina shrugged indifferently. Suit yourself. But then where is she? Paul's throat bobbed up and down for a moment. His face registered a storm of turmoil and insecurities. He was wearing his every emotion on his face. Tina stepped closer, reaching out a consoling hand. Hey, it's okay. A gorgeous guy like you'll land on your feet in no time. You're one of those sexy men that women are just drawn to. She ran her hand over his cheek. He wanted to push her away, but there were too many thoughts running through his brain now. She wouldn't tear her piercing exotic face away from his. Her eyes were daggers, looking right through him. When he looked away, his eyes came to rest on her full chest and the tight sweater that clung to the curves of her tits. Her nipples pressed tantalizingly through the fabric. She wasn't wearing a bra. I'm sure it won't be long before someone literally throws themselves at you. Tina persisted. Paul was about to open his mouth to say something, but Tina suddenly grabbed him by the back of the head and pulled his face into hers. Her mouth was hungry and forceful, pushing his lips apart with expert ease. Her tongue was just as wild as her expression, and it flew into his mouth, tickling his tongue aggressively urging his to come out and play. His heart thundered. Paul was so caught off guard that for a second he didn't react at all, just letting it happen. The kiss was wild, and he was instantly aroused. Then he suddenly came to his senses, and pulled his face away from hers. Wait, wait, he said. But to his surprise, his cock had become hard as a rock in that moment. His heart was pounding, and his legs were shaking. This strange, but very sexy girl, was making a pass at him, in his girlfriend's home. It was so terrible, but at the same time, so bad that it was kind of, thrilling. No, Paul needed to put a stop to this and get this girl to leave. Stop, he started to say. You need to leave, Dash. But this only made Tina more aggressive. She pushed Paul back against the wall. A painting fell and crashed to the floor. Kelsey had painted it with Paul last Valentine's Day at one of those paint-and-sip classes. Tina lunged at Paul again, more aggressively this time. Her mouth met his and her tongue slid right into his mouth. She moaned a long sexual purr as her hand dropped to his crotch. Paul nearly jumped out of his skin as the scantily clad coed began to squeeze and fondle his bulging member. It feels like somebody doesn't want me to go. Tina moaned as she licked at Paul's tongue. She sucked his bottom lip into her mouth and playfully nibbled, all the while, 
Her hand worked up and down Paul's length as it grew and stiffened and throbbed beside his thigh. Paul moaned softly, hating himself for the excited thrill that he got. This was so bad. His own girlfriend's house, while he should be worried about her. And here was this complete slut, offering him effortless debaucherous sex. Who is this girl? He didn't know anything about her, other than physically. But maybe that was all he needed to know. He thought she was hot, very hot. After a few seconds of her rubbing his throbbing cock over his pants, his rational and moral side began to retreat. Her mouth was hungry, trying to taste every part of his mouth, chasing his tongue around in his own mouth like a hunting predator. She was moaning lustily. Nobody has to know about this. She was muttering. Paul made one last desperate play for his soul. Stop. We can't do this. I love Kelsey. You can still love her after we're done. Tina said, kissing him hard for a few seconds more. To Paul's own surprise, he was kissing her back, tentatively playing with her searching tongue. Then Tina dropped to her knees, right there in the hallway, right there in front of him. Paul found himself staring into his own eyes a photograph of he and Kelsey taken on her birthday stared right back at him. His heart thundered so loudly, he barely heard the sound of his zipper being yanked down. Kelsey's smile remained frozen in time, in the photo. Her eyes danced with delight while Paul held a lone cupcake with a single candle cutely recreating an idea from one of Kelsey's favorite movies. He stared reproachfully into those big cheerful eyes as this other woman wrapped her lips around his cock and sucked him into her warm mouth. Then Paul had to look away from the photo of his girlfriend. Tina's mouth started to suck him so hard that Paul thought she'd rip his cock right off. She was aggressive, like a wild animal. Oh God, he moaned. Her mouth was amazing, working wonders. Her tongue restless, tickled the head of his cock, and flicked along the underside of his shaft as she trailed her mouth up and down. His legs were shaking. She was utterly devouring him. Her head plunged up and down his length mindlessly. Even if he wanted to stop it now, he was positive that she would just keep right on going. Not that Paul really wanted it to stop. It felt too good. I'm a cheater, he admitted reproachfully to himself. Then his cock hit the back of her throat and stars of pleasure swam across his vision. Tina forced his cock into the back of her throat with each rough bob of her head. Holy fuck, Paul cried in pleasure. Tina stared up at him, her eyes watering, her mouth making. Glug glug glug. Noises. He shivered beneath the unwavering stare of her wild eyes. Then she held him by the hips and forced herself to take all of him. She shoved his cock into her mouth until her nose pressed to his stomach. She held there, her hands quivering for long seconds as her tongue flicked out to taste his balls. God! Paul moaned. That feels, that feels so good. He was panting. Tina came up for air a few seconds later, coughing and drooling sloppily. Streams of spit had run down and wet her sweater. You think that feels good? She grabbed Paul's hands and planted them on her head. Punish me, daddy. Punish this bad girl. She dove back down onto Paul's member plunging it to the back of her throat. Paul took her meaning. He held her by the hair with trembling fingers and began to pump her face up and down on his cock, impaling her head something he'd never dream of doing with Kelsey. He loved her and respected her too much. Now when faced with someone who simply wanted to be treated like an object, the temptation was too hard to resist, and the rewards were incredible. Paul could barely believe this was happening. But he was so wrapped up in the surrealistic pleasure that he was receiving at the hands and mouth of this complete hottie, that he couldn't bring himself to question it. These things happen all the time in porno movies. 
Was it so implausible that they happen in real life on occasion too? Paul's hips began to buck with a mind of their own finding the rhythm. He held tightly onto Tina, fucking her face until his balls were slapping her chin. Her mouth made gulping sounds the entire time, but she didn't let up, and neither did he. God, this girl must be an absolute fuck machine. Paul didn't bring a condom, but he was eager to find out what this lioness was like in bed. He just needed a moment to catch his breath. He pulled Tina's head off of his cock, leaning on the wall and trying to slow the pounding in his heart. Tina didn't give him that opportunity. The moment she came off his cock, she grabbed him by the collar of his jacket and forced him backward into the bedroom. The girl nearly threw him onto the bed. Oh my God! Paul gasped as he splayed out on his back. But he was already kicking off his shoes and fumbling his belt and pants. Tina nearly jumped on top of him. She straddled him and as his erection slid up her soft bare inner thighs, beneath her skirt, he felt nothing but warm white flesh. She wasn't wearing panties beneath that schoolgirl skirt. The realization both shocked and aroused him. She walked around all day dressed like that, with no underwear? Not only was she a complete fuck machine, but she was also a complete slut. The excitement of going to bed with someone as wild and filthy as her was overwhelming, especially considering it wasn't even his bed. It was his girlfriend's. This is bad. He managed to squeak out. But you want it, Tina replied. She reached her arms across herself, grabbed the bottom of her skin-tight sweater, and pulled it off. Her dark curls fell across her face as her shirt was flung across the room. Paul stared into the face of her full ten breasts and hard dark nipples. Her tits were big not as big as Kelsey's but they were full and perfectly round. He wouldn't be surprised if they were implants, but very well done implants. Then she was grinding herself up and down along his throbbing cock. She moaned, trailing her wetness against Paul's skin. She bucked her hips forward, and suddenly Paul's cock popped into her body. Em, is this what you want? She said, gently twerking her hips against the head of his bloated member. Paul quickly nodded his head. She reached forward and pinched his chin with her hand aggressively. Say it, she snarled. I want this so badly. He moaned, staring up at Kelsey's ceiling, splayed out among her overly cute bed sheets and pillows, with this wild, sexually liberated vixen on his lap. Kelsey's childhood teddy bear that she always kept on her bed stared back at Paul with judging button eyes. The terrible betrayal at the forefront of Paul's brain, but somehow it was only made the act that much more intense. I want to fuck you, he blurted. I want to fuck you so hard on my girlfriend's bed. This earned a naughty smile from Tina. Good boy. And for being such a good boy, I'll give you what you want, she said, and abruptly sat down on Paul's staff. He sank deeply into her body, hard and unprotected. They both moaned in pleasure at the same time. But there was no build-up. No slow start that eventually began to quicken. From the moment he entered her body, Tina grabbed Paul, pinned him to the bed and began to ride him with thunderously rough bounces. The bed squealed on its frame. The headboard began to beat against the wall like a steady drum beat. Oh God! Paul cried out. Oh fuck! Oh fuck! This is crazy! Before he could say more, she grabbed him by the back of the head and thrust his face up into her tits. Paul opened his mouth and hungrily lapped at them. But Tina's riding was so rough that her giant bouncing tits smacked him from all directions. He latched onto one of her nipples and pulled hard, sucking deliciously. This seemed to send Tina into the throes of even more aggression. She rode him with renewed vigor. The bed bounced on its springs, the mattress coming askew. Paul had never fucked Kelsey this wildly on this bed. Yes. Yes, bad boy. 
Suck these big titties. Tina force-fed him one, then the other, alternating them on his face as she bucked like a wild animal. Paul came up gasping for air, and Tina threw her mouth back against his. He moaned as she sucked on his tongue, pulling it into her mouth with her aggressive lips. It drove Paul crazy. He was at the cusp of pleasure. His cock alerting him with tingles and throbs that it was going to happen. This strange girl was going to bring him to orgasm. Mmm, mmm, He cried urgently against her mouth. Tina came off his mouth and threw her head back, tossing her hair from her face. Come in me! She screamed, shrieking like a banshee. Come in me on your girlfriend's bed. Oh God, here it comes! Paul cried in pleasure, his eyes rolling back in his head. Tina fucked in him long steady strokes, making sure to push him over the edge. There was no stopping it now. What are you doing? A new voice from the doorway shattered the veil of pleasure and security that and enveloped them. Paul had just enough time to turn his head and recognize Kelsey, standing in the doorway of her own bedroom. Her eyes were wide as she saw her boyfriend with this random skank riding his lap. Her expression was unmistakable there was no hiding the horror, shock, and genuine hurt. Tina took one final long thrust and Paul's cock slid out of her body and erupted. As much as he tried to hold it in, he couldn't. A hot gush of cum rocketed from his throbbing member onto Tina's perky round ass. Paul couldn't stop it now. He could only stare into the pained eyes of his girlfriend as she watched her man betraying her on her own bed in her own apartment, while his cock spewed geyser after geyser. Cum landed on Tina's ass, on her skirt, on her legs, on Kelsey's skewed sheets, on her pillows. Tina's discarded clothing were tossed around the room, telling the story of two people who'd fuck like animals. By the time Paul's orgasm had ended, it finally dawned on him that she'd come home and caught him in the act. Kelsey. It, it's not what it looks like. I hadn't heard from you, and I was trying to find you. He spoke rapidly, even as Tina was bent over him, like a half-crouched sex panther, her big tits hovering over Paul's face. It was no avail. Before Paul was even done with his first sentence, the tears in Kelsey's eyes were unmistakable. The girl was experiencing pain beyond all measure. Paul knew, because before this happened with Tina, he'd been experiencing that same pain, wondering where she was. Get out, Paul. Just get out. And she started to cry. Paul may have been worried before, but now it was really over. And he hadn't been manipulated. He had nobody to blame but himself for his lack of willpower. 3A The moment that it was all set in motion, Robert Bradford grinned to himself. He sat in the turret, spinning playfully around and around in his desk chair. He felt powerful. But more than powerful, he felt sly. He had been presented with a problem, and his solution had been a clever one. Paul would no longer be coming around and interfering with Rob and Kelsey's fun time. Rob wouldn't have to tiptoe his magical powers around Paul. He'd use them wisely, having Tina seduce a sound-minded Paul, only to be caught by a now-sound-minded Kelsey. He hadn't programmed Paul, and he definitely hadn't programmed Kelsey to play the shocked and betrayed girlfriend. He had merely snapped her back to reality. Her broken heart was genuine. They had broken up as naturally and authentically as possible, with Rob's slight nudging, of course. And now Rob was free to enjoy the spoils. Speaking of enjoying the spoils, Rob remarked to himself. He cracked his knuckles and returned to his computer array. The drama on the third floor wasn't the only thing of interest. He had passed Officer Wildcherry, his nickname for Galloway, thanks to her dyed hair, earlier in the hallway, on her way to the basement for a little laundry time. The boy with the crutches had been with her. Of course he was, 
She was gorgeous, and the kid was following her around like a puppy. He was probably hoping Galloway would fuck his brains out. Rob thought for a minute. Maybe he ought to throw the kid a bone and make that happen. Eventually, he promised. For now, though, he had more, interesting plans for them. Rob flicked on one of his monitors, and the camera views appeared, one after another. His little helper monkey had done his bidding, and come home from the store with bags of cameras. Rob didn't yet have a chance to install them everywhere, but Maggie Richards downstairs had been more than willing to let him hook up a few discreet ones in her apartment, with some gentle nudging from his spell, that is. And downstairs, in the basement, Rob had placed a few others. Rob ventured that a few days and a few keystrokes from now, he'd have the whole building on his screen. A live-action porn studio, with him as the director. He smiled at the thought of that. On the camera, he watched for a while as Galloway and Ethan sat in the laundry room and chatted. Ethan's mother was alone in her apartment. Let's change that. Rob smiled to himself. It was time to start the show. He had some seeds that needed watering. He began to type. Basement Galloway sat alone for a little while longer after Ethan had been called away by his mother, listening to the hum of the dryer. Normally she'd just go back to her apartment and do something else in the meantime. But there wasn't much time left on the machine, and she figured she may as well hang out and muse over her newfound friendship with Ethan. She liked hanging out with him. Maybe it would boost his self-esteem. That was something that he desperately needed. The fact was, he was a cute kid thoughtful and sweet, for sure. He was also definitely attractive, even if he didn't know it, and probably would be even more as he aged. If he was able to shake that nervous smile of his, girls would gravitate to him, with or without the crutches. She sighed. You gotta work on yourself, girl, before you can take on any other fixer-upper projects. This was true. She had to wrap her head around her new job figure out if it was something she really wanted or not. She needed to find a way to be okay with her life changes. And she needed to find a way to be okay with her past. She rubbed the ache in her shoulder and found herself massaging the gunshot scar. Galloway still had a lot of memories to sort through. And that dream. What the hell had that been about? Why in the hell would that turn her on? Her reoccurring nightmare of being chased through the gaming floor by a group of violent robbers had suddenly transformed into a sex dream. And not just any sex dream. A sex dream about being taken by force, in front of hundreds of judging onlookers, by the worst types of men violent murderous criminals. Yet it had turned her on more than most things had in a long time. She'd been moaning like a slut as they took her from all sides, disgracing her job, her co-workers, her moral fortitude, her ideals, and herself, in the most despicable ways. Galloway was touching herself. She snapped her head down and saw that her hand was down the front of her jeans. The top button undone, and her fingers sliding along her panties. What the fuck? How did that happen? Her heart was pounding at the shock of what she just caught herself doing, alone in this filthy basement. Maybe exhaustion was finally catching up with her, and she nodded off, forgetting where she was, only to come to touching herself. Galloway dismissed it as that, and nothing more. And there was no denying that she was sexually frustrated lately. Her fuck buddy, Quinn, hadn't been available for a while to give her a much-needed release, and Galloway desperately needed a good time to take her mind off of things. That must be what's triggering all of it. At some point, her sexual frustration was becrossing wires with her reoccurring nightmares and turning sexual. That's the only reason she'd get turned on by the thought of fucking a group of bad men. She knew there were women who were fascinated by dangerous men serial killers had groupies, 
and convicts often had complete strangers write to them, swooning over them. But Galloway was never one of them. She had always thought those women were psychos. She had to forgive herself for her dream. But she needed to get laid. If she was at the point where she was rubbing herself in the basement laundry room, a room that all of the tenants shared, then there was definitely a problem. Anyone could have come down and caught her. Oh God, what would she have done? She would have been mortified if Ethan had returned and saw her touching her pussy, like some demented slut. Or Ethan's sweet little mother. Or that creep up on three. Hell, she didn't know everyone in the building. What if someone more sinister caught her? She could be sharing her apartment with some rough ex-convict. It wasn't that far-fetched it was a cheap apartment. He might see her in the act, and assume she was some desperate slut. He'd interpret her desire to get off as an open invitation. She'd say no, but he'd grab her, toss her on the folding table, hit her, call her a slut, tear her from her clothes and just take her. Galloway let out a soft gasp. She was rubbing herself again. Her fingers slid down the front of her jeans. She spread her legs. Her panties had grown damp and warm. She was breathing hard, her skin prickling with excitement as her heart thundered away in her chest. She knew it was wrong touching herself in public. Anyone could come down those stairs and see what a fucked up, twisted sex fiend she was. Yet, for some reason, Galloway couldn't bring herself to stop. Her fingers found her wetness, and she plunged one inside of herself. She let out a soft squeak of satisfaction. God, it felt good. She hadn't realized how badly she needed this. What was coming over her? She felt filthy like a pervert. Like a... Look at that filthy pig. She could almost hear one of the gruff voices of the men who'd invaded her dreams and assaulted her body. Her fingers worked faster. Fuck! She gasped out. It must have been a long time since she'd gotten off. It felt amazing. Each movement of her hand was like a little spark of electricity. Even the thrill of being caught down here in this compromising position was only inspiring her to touch more. Before she could stop herself, Galloway was sliding her jeans off and discarding them on the dirty floor. She propped her boots up on the folding table and spread her legs wide. That'd be the first thing that anyone would see if they came down here this fit aspiring officer, turned slut, her bare legs spread wide, her panties soaked, and her fingers working feverishly. Her other hand slid up to her breasts. Her nipples had grown hard. They were pressing through her shirt. She pulled it up until it came to rest beneath her chin. Her breast cupped pleasantly by her black brow, that suddenly felt much too tight. She tugged it down until it came to rest beneath her full C-cups. She started to twist and pinch at her fast-hardening nipples. She sucked her lips into her mouth, biting them softly and moaning meekly. What the fuck was coming over her? Galloway found that she could neither stop, nor did she want to. Her hips started to buck. Her restless fingers plunged in and out of her soaked lips in deep strokes. Her moans were growing bolder, louder. They were intermixed with her gasping vulgar things beneath her breath. She was only half aware of the things she said. I'm such a fucking whore. I should be punished. Fuck me, spank me, hit me, do it hard, hurt me. Her words went on and on, as if daring someone to come down here and catch her. She knew if they did, she would not stop. She'd look them in the eyes and keep fingering herself, until they came over to her, and did something about it. As much as she tried to imagine it happening any other way, her thoughts kept circling her back to that fantasy men who would take her by force. She couldn't imagine anything else. Some sexy hottie guy or girl just wasn't doing it for her. Each time she closed her eyes, she imagined a group of bad men ugly muscular men with scars and prison tattoos. 
Her mind was welcoming the fantasy. What do we have here? They'd say when they came down the stairs and caught her in the act of finger-fucking herself. Galloway would try to leave, but they'd throw her on the table, pinning her arms above her head. Galloway squealed softly at the image. Her fingers worked even faster. She could almost feel the brutal way they'd hold her down. Her breath was coming in rapid gasps. She pinched and twisted her own nipple until she whimpered. Shut the fuck up, piggy. They'd slap her across the face as they held her legs apart. They were going to teach her a lesson for being on the right side of the law. Galloway moaned and slapped herself across the chest, making her tits jiggle. Look at this prime law enforcement slut, they would declare. They'd slap her across the chest over and over again until tears came to her eyes. They'd thrust her legs apart, and they'd force themselves into her body. But the worst thing of all, she'd like it. She'd moan and grunt and beg them for more. Fuck me, she'd plead with the men. I'm your whore. I'll do whatever you want, whenever you want. She moaned the words out loud to an empty basement. Two fingers were no longer enough. She slid a third into her pussy, and the sensation made her eyes flutter. Her attackers would be huge, they'd be rough, and they'd be mean. They'd stretch her to new limits, permanently ruining her body. She would take them all at once, letting them fill all of her holes. She would let them line up and run a train on her. She would go to bed with each of them alone. She would devote hours of her life to pleasuring men who hurt others for their own amusement, and she'd squeal with delight each time they did and give her body over to them. Galloway couldn't stand it any longer. She needed something more than fingers inside of her body. She jumped to her feet and hurried from the room, half-naked. How crazy she must look in her boots, an ankle holster, her strong bare legs exposed. Just black panties and matching bra askew from her frenzied masturbating. Her shirt lifting up just below her neck resting on the tops of her exposed boobs. Her hair wild and messy from her day. She stopped in the storage room, looking thoughtfully at the cages, at first thinking that if someone had a baseball bat or a broom, she would use that to fuck herself. But then the cages themselves had her attention. She imagined people in those cages. But not bad men, but her fellow officers. She pictured some sort of takeover. The bad men had escaped from their cells, rounded up her and her officers, and forced them to be the prisoners. Galloway saw her captain, her boss, her friends, all locked inside. They were staring back at her as the murderers and rapists surrounded her. Galloway began to rub, her fingers spinning relentlessly in little circles over her clit. They would be shocked, horrified, betrayed. Because Galloway wouldn't be forced at all. She'd stare back at them, shrug, and drop to her knees on the floor. She'd pull out their cocks, one by one, and she'd suck and suck. She'd coo and moan and giggle like a raucous slut. She'd gobble up the cocks of evil men, swallowing them, wanting to please them. Their misdeeds would be rewarded with the wildest sex that she could possibly bring them. All while her co-workers stared on, defeated and betrayed by her actions. People who trusted her would see the real Galloway the murderer groupie. She would ride them like a cowgirl, accepting their seed one by one into her body. And when it was all over, and each man was thoroughly pleasured, They would throw her into one of these cages too, musing over locking up the officer. She would go willingly, where she'd wait the chance to pleasure them again and again. She'd be their pet, their slut, their caged animal. Galloway couldn't take it any longer. The fantasy was too much. Her legs trembled as her whole body tensed up. Then it all seemed to release. Her eyes fluttered as the orgasm racked her body. Oh fuck! She nearly screamed. The intensity of it threatened to buckle her already shaking legs. 
She had to lean against the filthy old wall of the room, or else she dropped to the floor. Her body went into convulsions, her pussy showing her fireworks behind her eyelids. Kate Galloway had never experienced an orgasm so intense in her whole life, and when it was done, she saw stars. She stood, alone in the darkness, panting, trying to catch her breath, and wondering what the hell had just happened. Suddenly reality came crashing back. She was naked, in a filthy basement that the entire apartment shared. And she had completely lost all self-control, having gone deep down a rabbit hole of the most perverted and fucked-up fantasy of her life. She stared at the cages down here and felt horror and shame. What the ever-loving fuck? Had she really gotten off to such terrible things? She withdrew her fingers from her underwear. They were positively soaked. No, it hadn't been some hallucination. She really had fingered herself to the most intense orgasm ever, and the fantasy that she had to thank for that would disturb her for months to come. I need to get the hell out of here, Galloway said, still panting. She hurried from the room, filled with absolute horror and shame, but she paused one last time and glanced at the storage cages. She bit her lip. 2A. Ethan hated to leave Galloway alone in the basement especially after that creepy incident with the voice. That wasn't the only reason though. He was reluctant to leave because he liked being around Galloway. She made him feel special. She was cool and she was hot as hell. As he climbed the basement stairs, part of him wondered why he was torturing himself with thoughts of her. She had a boyfriend and she was out of his league. When he arrived back on the second floor, he found his apartment door open. You needed my help with something, Mom? Ethan asked, shutting the door behind him with a nudge from his crutch. He found his mom by the kitchen, putting the finishing touches on dinner. She was wearing a robe. When she spotted him, she gave him a playful smile. It was an expression that Ethan had never seen her wear before. Actually, it was more of an opinion that I needed, really. She suddenly opened her robe and let it drop from her shoulders. It landed on the floor by her feet. Ethan's jaw nearly dropped. He didn't understand what he was seeing. His mother was dressed like a cheerleader. Colors of yellow and bright blue boldly contrasted. Her skirt was pleated, and dangerously short, showing her smooth legs, almost all the way up. Her thick thighs rubbed together, as Meg playfully crossed her feet. Her crop top was long-sleeved and skin-tight on her. It showed off her smooth tummy and curve of her hips. Her breasts were packed tightly into it, the skin-tight fabric leaving nothing to the imagination. Mom! He gasped. Ethan immediately felt the heat creeping to his face. Meg giggled and gave a twirl. The pleats her skirt rose up as she spun, and Ethan caught the briefest flash of a thong. There was nothing covering her plump juicy-ass cheeks. Meg flicked her hair, then playfully twirled some around one finger. What do you think? She said, trying to sound like a doppy blonde airhead. I was thinking about costumes for Halloween this year, and thought I'd see if I still fit into my old high school cheerleader outfit. What do you think? Meggie giggled again and did a few energetic hops and bounces, kicking her sneakers out behind her. Each time that she did, Ethan caught flashes of her legs and butt. Her breasts jiggled freely, and Ethan found himself wondering if she was even wearing a bra. His face felt like fire. There was an unsettling stirring in his loins. It's not too tight, is it? Meg asked. Her eyes were pleading, almost desperate for her son's approval. Ethan had no idea what to say. Even her desperate face was bringing unnatural invasive thoughts. I was worried I'd put on too much weight to ever squeeze into this again. The last time I wore this, I was younger than you. Ethan believed that everything about the outfit was skin tight and small on her. 
Surely she had to be aware of that. But the pounds that she had put on were either drastic, nor were they unpleasant. In fact, Ethan thought she looked very good. If she wasn't his mother, he would have found her extremely sexy. He reddened and began to feel weird. An erection was forming against his leg, and he desperately wished it wouldn't. He decided that his mother really needed the compliment. It looks, wow mom. You look fantastic. Meg's face lit up. She nearly squealed with delight in a way that Ethan had never heard before. He wondered what was happening with her lately. Midlife crisis, maybe? Loneliness? Was being single finally taking its toll? She really didn't have the time for dating. Maybe she needed to know that she still had it. Regardless, Meg dashed up to him and threw her arms around Ethan. You are so sweet, she said. She hugged him hard and long. Ethan stiffened. He could feel her soft, warm body against his. She even started to slide subtly against him. He felt like she was gently humping him, her perky breasts pressing to his chest. Her breath in his ear was tickling him. I needed that. Her voice softened. Really badly. Her words were barely a whisper. He groaned slightly when he felt his cock jump. And still, his mother wasn't letting go. She almost seemed to pull him in closer. He felt his cock touch his mother's thigh. She gasped slightly, but instead of pulling away, she moved her leg against it. Was she actually feeling him with her leg? Um, yeah, any time, mom. Ethan nervously shifted, and this time Meg let go. Come on, Meg grinned playfully. It's time for dinner. She spun and bounded her way to the kitchen with all the energy and pep of a high school cheerleader. That evening, Meg had left the uniform on, even over dinner. Ethan had shamefully seen more of his mother's body in one evening than in most of his life. She bent over often, and each time she did, he was treated to a view of her ass and full cheeks as her tiny skirt rose up. At the table, she kept crossing and uncrossing her legs. One time, she even accidentally nudged his penis with the tip of her sneaker. It was tentative, like she'd sought it out, and after finding it, she was not quick to pull her foot away. Ethan had no clue what to make of any of her odd behavior. It wasn't until he caught himself staring at her hardened nipples as they pressed through the material of her crop top that Ethan excused himself. He hurried to his bedroom with a face that felt flushed and feverish. He was positive that his mother had seen him look. There was no way she hadn't. That night, Ethan had trouble sleeping. His cock was erect and it was refusing to go down. For once, Ethan was afraid to touch himself, because then he would have to face the question of what had inspired it to grow hard in the first place and he was desperately afraid it might have been his own mother. But he needed to sleep and the only way to achieve that was to pleasure himself. With feelings of unnatural guilt and shame lingering in his periphery, he shut his eyes and began to stroke his manhood. He filled his mind with thoughts of Kate Galloway and forced himself to think of nothing else. Continue in the next part.